Now batting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Boys are here. Let's go. LFG, baby. Welcome back to the program. Van Nunley, who did the COVID-19 in about, oh, I don't know, five days, what it took me five weeks to do. So congratulations on bouncing back so quickly, my dude. You can't see me on the radio, but on Facebook Live, I'm kissing the guns right now because your boy is strong. I don't know what Your boy the guns is mean. strong. Never heard the phrase "kissing the guns." That doesn't sound doesn't sound safe <laughs> for my mentality. Vital, will you Google that? Did I just make that up? There's no way. Mm, Kissing the six shooter. Yeah, not a real thing. I think. Had no two real... had two rough days of the Corvids. Ain't gonna lie. Ain't trying to lie. Two rough days: Thursday and Friday. Saturday, a lot of fatigue. But uh, today, I feel kind of normal. Like four days later. Right, your I, definition I, of normal for yourself is not everyone else's definition of normal. Okay, Fred, we're talking physically exclusively. Oh, Obviously, okay. mentally, I am not normal. I am nowhere close to baseline mentally. But was, physically, yes. your boy's on the mend. Welcome well, that's back. Good. That's good to hear. You welcomed yourself back. That is a, I know you're feeling okay. That's a very Van Nunley move is to welcome your own self to a thing. Well, I knew Ugh. I knew you weren't going to, so somebody had to do it. No, I tell you, I'm impressed. Like when I got COVID, I mean, and by the way, I got co- I got COVID at a time where it made sense to get COVID. Like I got COVID when co- like November 2020 was the hotness for COVID. Like that was the time to get COVID. Getting it now when only like a hundred people in the state are getting it, that to me is pretty soft COVID. Like if you're gonna <laughs> ask me. Like, yeah, I definitely got the great value people. version of COVID. Like it felt oh like gosh. allergies. You had the. You, the super soft COVID. Cause I had like the, Hey, let's go hang on a Presbyterian. Let's like worry my friends and family. Let's send like, I kept, I kept tweeting confetti and I was like, I don't, I don't, this doesn't make sense. Cause my mind wasn't working, but your COVID was no, no, I'm good. Yeah. Well, seriously. I thought it was allergies. Cause I went and worked in the yard the morning that I started seeing symptoms, got a little snivel throughout the day, and this is just last Wednesday when I, you know, figured I had it. Did some yard work, had got the snivels. I was like, okay, allergies, I'm outside, spring has sprung, this all makes sense. Snivels didn't go away all day, started to get a headache at night, and uh, mm-hmm. last Wednesday at 11 o'clock I took a COVID test and I was, was positive, woke up Thursday morning, took a backup test, was positive again. And then uh, Thursday and Friday, like I said, Thursday and Friday sucked really bad. But uh, here's Monday, back to normal-ish. So the thing about your COVID, though, is it ruined everyone else's time because we had planned for the Backyard Barbecue uh, Opening Day Baseball uh, Boys Adventure of Bonanza. 
and we had uh, a lot of friends lined up. I'm going to be real honest. This would have been a super spreader event because you literally were COVID positive. And there were going to be a lot of people in your backyard enjoying libations. We we had a whole plan to set up, except weather kind of screwed up a bunch of stuff, and we there weren't actually as many opening day games. But we had this whole like vision to to watch baseball and have barbecue and drink beers and hang out with the boys, and it was going to be like the best kind of party it could possibly be. And you ruined it for everyone. And everyone on the side texts me: number one, forget Van; he's a jerk. And number two, is he okay? Okay, well, strike that and reverse it. Hopefully they asked if I was okay first. No, but no one was no. more bummed out about up opening day than yours truly, Van Allen Nunley, because that is my favorite day of the year. Every year we go super hard, have a few dozen people in the backyard, set up a dozen TVs, we drink all the beer, we eat all the hot dogs. You can still have a party, a baseball party. Like online? No, uh, you can still like, you can still a have a COVID. No, no, and I mean Vital, you know me, I'm a hugger. Like Right. Everybody at that party except for Fred would have got what I got cuz Fred's not a hugger. <laughs> so Fred might have skipped out on it, but everyone else would have been quite positive. From the live chat, how many people can you fit in your backyard though? Um, I like nonsensical units of measurement, so I'm going to say busloads. A busload? Do you have an buses. acre? Uh, well, I wish quarter. I had an acre. Um, I have a quarter acre lot downtown, and the house is very street adjacent, so I got a giant backyard. So I could fit a lot of dudes in my backyard, if you know what I'm saying, Vital. Hey, for real, though, and this is a lot, This is from the live <laughs> chat because we're streaming live on Talk ABQ and talk. Uh, everything is at the social media. So look us up on Facebook or YouTube or wherever at Talk ABQ. Um, but kind of the way the guest list was played out, you literally would have shut down sports coverage in the state of New Mexico for the entire weekend if we had had this event. Like if we would have had the backyard baseball, beers, boys, bonanza, a barbecue, and all things that are belligerently fun, like everyone would have been dead and gone. You're, you're exactly accurate. <laughs> Just about every person in our field that we do in sports yes. entertainment would have been in that backyard, and we'd be sharing beers and high fives and yelling at each other and just spittle and fluids and granulars, fluids just everywhere. So everyone would have got positive, and it all would have been my fault. So good on me for testing myself. Good on me for doubting my <laughs> immune system for once. Because I was like, Fred, I was honestly convinced that I was immune to the coronavirus. I, I skipped out on it for two years and four months and finally got it when no one got it. A very hipster move of me, by the way. It's, but it's not even cool to get it anymore. Now it's literally an inconvenience in life. Like r me and Robert, and Robert will be joining us around 4.30, 4.45, depending on his schedule. Also joining us at 4.30, this heads up, Joe Leone, who's going to join us. He, was, he met with us at the Super Bowl, uh, NFL draft expert. We're going to talk a lot of NFL today, obviously. But you're just inconveniencing people's lives. We're supposed to be live at opening day tomorrow for the Isotopes at Isotopes Park, and it'll only be me and Rob. Like, you won't be there. No. My favorite place in Albuquerque, the lab, my favorite day of the year, opening day. I ruined not one but two opening days with my Corvids, I'm, and it's I, a bummer. Should, should I bring a monitor and you clean feed in and we just put you like where you can see out to the concourse and just like just tease you for all eternity? Is that the it plan? Put, like, 
put my face on like an iPad to where I'm yeah. projected forwards to see all the fun just to rub it in a little more? <laughs> no, I don't want that. Should I go down to Locker 505 and get a mannequin and dress it in blue jean shorts and a like a white and purple button up and then put your head on the top of like the van? Put a mascot uniform on. Yeah, and just have you like omnipresent. Should I do that? Yes. You can just get just come by. I'll give you some of like my most cliched van outfits and you could just dress a dummy and put a stupid mustache on it and a mullet and no one will know the difference. Uh, Vital, you don't know this one year, uh, for Halloween, a lady that I was dating dressed up as van for Halloween with a, <laughs> like a perfect piece by piece outfit no. that could not have been done better. Yeah. With customized, like Nunley family reunion, 88 baseball cap. <laughs> I'm wearing the hat wearing right now. I'm literally right now wearing as we it. speak on the live stream and we showed up to a Halloween party, her dressed as van, me dressed as KOB's very own star of TV and radio, Brandon Ortega. And we stole the show. Like, we stole the show because Halloween is for the boys and it's for making fun of the boys. And Van got it real good that day. That was perfect. It could yeah. not have been a better doppelganger. I yeah. did not see it coming. And you guys absolutely nailed it. We got to put up some pictures on social media of that night of me and said lady friend and you and Brandon Ortega in our uh, collective outfits. Let me, uh, that's no longer a relationship in my life, so let me get some permissions on that one first. Sure. And then we'll see how we move ahead. It was a heck of a weekend for sports. If you were, uh, first of all, if you like the Masters, it was as good as it gets. If you like the NBA winding down and seeing the playoff picture develop, yes. Opening baseball, I think so. We're now within two weeks of the NFL draft, so there's a ton of going on in the sports world. I, I'm having a hard time taking it in. Like, there's so much of it. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm grasping at pieces. Like, I'm not getting, I'm not getting the whole cake. I'm getting a piece of the cake. Well, you know how your dude loves baseball, and I was just really sick and pathetic last Thursday and Friday, and obviously it coincided with the first two days of opening day of the baseball season. So that was like just a little nugget of positivity as I get to lay around and be pathetic, and at least I get baseball. It took me a couple days to catch up on everything else happening in the sports world, but I think I'm caught up and I'm ready to bring it to you, friends of the show. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Obviously, Robert will be joining us. Joe Leone will be joining us in a little bit, too. We're going to talk about the recap. Uh, Some sad news before we go to the break, though. Uh, Dwayne Haskins passed away this weekend. He was quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, was a standout performer at the university, or excuse me, at Ohio State University. Uh, quarterback finished in some Heisman votes in in the year that he left college. He will be celebrated at the spring game this upcoming Saturday for Ohio State. Uh, still, kind of a lot of mixed reporting on exactly what happened, but the the absolute short of it is uh, gone at 24 and uh, struck struck by a I believe garbage truck van. Is that your understanding? Yeah, and, some sort and, of dump truck, garbage truck. Just uh, just about as sad as it gets. I, I don't know what other verbiage to use with that. There was also a weird, and, you know, we got a minute here. I think we'll dive into it. There was also a weird social media slash, like, I don't know, first a break. I'm not sure what terminology to use. But whenever the story came out, and by the way on this, when it comes to reporting, I'm a little up in the air because I don't know where the first report came from, but let's say it was Schefter, right? Let's say it's one of the big ones. 
to me, it's you can't. You have to wait until the family does that thing. And and obviously, it's not going to get to the point where the family does it. Someone else is going to report it first. But you can't be the first one. And I understand clicks and likes and retweets, and I, and I kind of get the whole thing on it. But there is an absolute sickness inside of me for reporter or individual, this is us included in this field, to where they feel like they have to go fast, and that doesn't mean it's done correctly. Yeah, and not only was he in a rush – to be the first one to report it, but he snuck in like a little dig on Dwayne Haskins. Like, I, I can't remember verbatim about, what he said, but it's just a little about dig Grant? on wasted talent. And I was like, it's, that's completely unnecessary. Let the friends and the family announce what happened and let the friends and the family mourn this awful, tragic situation. I mean, this isn't this isn't draft analysis time. This isn't player stock analysis time this is a time to to mourn and you know be empathetic towards the family you don't just slide in a dig about wasted talent the it's you know it's interesting and i believe the quote was struggling to catch on talking about him in the nfl but it's interesting because why and 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 when i say because why i mean everyone has two cents you don't necessarily have to give it to everything right and and you're talking about a loss. You're talking about a, a friend or a family member and all those things that you identify loss with. And I don't know if you saw Gil Brandt had said some things too. Are you familiar with Gil Brandt from NFL Radio? Yeah. He, yeah, he was a front office guy for a long time, I think, for the Giants. And I might not have that For perfect, the Cowboys. The, oh, for the Cowboys as yeah. well? So, um, or maybe Cowboys and not the Giants. But it was the Cowboys for 30 he, years. There you go. And, and he came up and had some pretty inflammatory stuff that he said about Dwayne Haskins, and that was interesting to me because who is going to Gil Brandt? Like, who right now is like, let me go get Gil Brandt's opinion. Like, there's there's a couple guys that you know are going to, like, make weird ones, and I think because weird ones, like, turn heads and make headlines, that's that's the move now, and the only headline should be gone too soon. That's the only headline. Yeah, I mean, he's not the guy – that you're going to tap for information anyways. Like, no one asked him. That was all voluntary. He just decided to say some horrible things right after this tragic event, and no one asked him. Like, I had to Google the guy to see who he was and what he looked like, and he looks like the type of guy who would say stuff like that. So I was not making my surprise face whatsoever. Uh, yeah, and it, it looked, I just wanted to double-check this after Vital was talking about the Cowboys. Uh literally helped build the New York Giants scouting department like years ago. Like he oh, was like wow. a crucial part. Yeah. So like, I mean, he, he understands talent. He understands what gets to the NFL, but I'm telling you that does not matter as it relates to loss of life. So anyways, I was kind of super weirded out with that, but I wanted to get that energy out early before we went to the break. And then whenever we get back, we can jump straight into the program. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk a little golf and when we get back. I'm in. Vital, did we say hello to you? No, you didn't, but oh. you can say hi now. I Hello, did. Michael. Michael, yes. how are you? How are you guys? I'm glad to have you, you back. Know, you know, it, well, it's, it's not you're in the studio. I'm at the home studio. Van's at the home studio. I can return to the office tomorrow because I did not get COVID because I already had it years ago. <laughs> but Van cannot. Van, Van can return to action later this week if he's feeling weller. Van is Weller, yeah, we have to kind of figure that one out as well. 
Thank you so very much to John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy for sponsoring this very studio that all three of us are not in. What is going on here? <laughs> We're in three different John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy studios right now. Because I'm sitting at home sipping my New Mexico Pinion on coffee like right here. Like I don't like I didn't even have to leave. I didn't have to go in. So doing the program, bringing it to you. Where we get back, Masters Talk, in about, I don't know, four minutes, five minutes, whatever it takes for a break. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Given where I was um, a little over a year ago and what my prospects were at that time, um, to end up here and be able to play you know, all four rounds. Um, even even a month ago, I didn't know if I, if I could pull this off. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think it was a positive. Welcome to the program, Robert Gibson. Robert, how are you? I am great. How you guys doing? Good. How's the studio without us? Oh, it's pretty empty. Yeah, uh, it's it's, like- it's no food. It's no drinks. Uh, you guys have me pretty spoiled. It smells better, <laughs> though. We have uh, a little inside baseball. Because I, well, I, like you two know, but I'm in the studio for like six hours every day. Like I get there too early and I'm there like through lunch and dinner. So I'm like, okay, like, like, like here's a little snacky boy. Here's a little, what's this? An adult lunchable? Okay. That sounds like something I would eat, but I, I am, I am definitely that guy. That tiger clip boys. So tiger did not win the masters. Uh, I may, I was made to look a fool and a liar and I'm going to hold a blood feud against tiger woods forever. Go. Well, I told you. Tiger Woods making the cut is a win. Him just being able to walk. He walked (laughs) four rounds of golf on the remnants of what used to be his legs. Tiger Woods, 14 months ago, was picking out prosthetics in case his surgery didn't go well. Him just making the cut is a victory. What did I tell you, Fred? What did I tell you? If he's not going to win or be in strong contention, don't do it. Don't even do it. I don't want to see Tiger walking and hitting the ball into the street and the water. I don't want to see that. I want to see dominant Tiger Woods. Especially being uh, a black golfer at the tournament called the Masters. The Masters. Exactly. Yeah. You got to win it. Yeah. (laughs) He'll be back. He ain't done. He played good golf. No, I saw him play. He was absolutely done. He'll never win another. Yeah, I don't. Like <laughs> he was, and it wasn't even close. Like it was like, it was like cool. Day one, I'm gonna te- day one's all I got, boys. Like I'm going. Like if he's a jet plane, he went to reserve fuel on day two. Yep. Like he he did everything he could on day one, and then he was like, cool. Now I'm done. I'm I'm done trying. Like like thanks for following me around. Thanks for the cheers. But also like I don't know if you boys noticed this. He wouldn't even like high fiving people on the way off. Like, he didn't love it. Like, at the end, he was like, I don't love this. This is not for me. Well, because Strongly he's – Strongly disagree. It's what? because he's Tiger. Tiger, his, in his brain, in his mind, he's still the Tiger that we think of. His body's broken down. He's got he's to chill out. Super broke. I say he goes for it as much as possible. If he's out there playing – I mean, after day two – he was still only plus one. He was still in contention after day two. It's those consecutive six overs on day three and four that did in his chances. Why did, why did you call it six over when you could have said loser score? <laughs> <laughs> Fred, the second hole of golf you ever played in your life, you broke your driver. 
Yes. There is a huge difference in between Fred, who broke his driver the second time he ever swung it, and Tiger Woods, who made the cut of the Masters. Just making the cut nah. on the remnants of two it legs is a huge deal. Good for him. This is Tiger, though. We don't. I don't care about making. We. That's a. That's a foregone conclusion. Once we know he's in the in the tournament, we're talking about. I need his name to be on the little side of the TV on the top three names. That's what I'm looking for. I don't care about McElroy or Lowry. None of those guys are anything to me. None of them are Woods. This is like a Michael Jordan gets the ball in a breakaway and he decides to lay it up instead of dunk it home. Like, I know, Michael, that you can jump from the foul line and do that thing. I've seen you do it. What? Why are you finger rolling it in? Well, not Tiger? only that, but he airballs the layup. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course he does. <laughs> like, right, like, backboard and back to his face. He sucks. Tiger Woods and, hey, and don't be throwing shade at Rory McIlroy. <laughs> Rory McIlroy just tied a course record on Sunday. He went from like 30th place to second place in one day. It was an amazing round of golf. Well, Van, this, he, is, this is my problem with it. Nobody cares because no. Tiger played. That was my whole problem. If he's not going to play and be the dominant Tiger that we know, don't even do it because you're going to take away from the guys who really are playing very well. Oh, I agree completely. And, like, at the top, the, the Scheffler cat, like, he didn't want it at the end. Like, at, at the end, he didn't – He was like, he's like, cool, I'm here. Like, it was nice of God to bring me here, which he made a point of telling everyone about a lot. He was like, but I guess I'm just going to finish it out because no one wants to catch me. Are you guys sure? <laughs> just – He, no. and he came finished, in like, as by the, the number way, like, one player in the world. Scotty oh, Scheffler cool. was already number one in the world by tour ranking. So he was already the favorite, the favorite one. Joining us on the program in front of the show, Marty. Marty, welcome. Hey, fellas. I uh, I disagree, I think, for Tiger. Uh, you know, he's had other issues in the past. We know about the affairs and all the Mike's other stuff. Party. But I think this was a moral victory. I think, I, think, uh, I think he really wanted to go out there and just show that he could get it done and play the entire tournament. I think, uh, you know, he's probably sitting there thinking, I'm lucky to just be out here. Could have been dead, you know? Well, there, like, no joke. Well, Marty, I think yeah. you're right. I think there probably is a moment when you're on the tee box and you're like, because that happened to me after COVID where I was like, I was like, oh, I'm just glad I'm not dead. Like, that is, like, for sure he had right. that moment. Like, yeah, how can you yeah. not? I think we've all had moments like that maybe, perhaps. I hope, you know, I don't know, but. We've all just kind of just sucked it all in and said, man, I'm just glad I'm out here breathing, looking at this beautiful course, the grass. and Maybe, Robert, you know, that's the human side of the machine that is Tiger Woods. So, for me, that's what I wanted to see, and I think, I think it was well worth it. I agree completely, and thank you for being the voice of reason and getting my back here on this one. <laughs> he was and literally picking out prosthetics 14 Lobo months fans. ago. Would it would it make it a better story? I never got a chance to call. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Would it would it make it a better story if his legs were actually amputated and he was playing on prosthetics and made the cut? Like, where is your bar, boys? Come on, you know who created this? Tiger Woods created this. This is his fault. I don't want to. I don't want to hear sympathy. I want the going out for blood, Tiger Woods. 
and ex- and he thought that's what he was going to be too. That's why he had all the f bombs, and he wasn't out there to just roll me out there and let me be the 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 the, the, the cagey veteran. He wanted to win. I think it was a, a big old piece of humble pie for him, to be honest. Also, well, I, like, I really align myself with Tiger Woods, obviously not because of my elite athletic skill, which we both have in common. Your love of Perkins. what I really align myself with is I was also addicted to drugs. I was also a sex addict, and I love to drive fast. So, hey, I'm rooting for the guy. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I am, man, too. I just want to like win. Those things aren't exclusive to you and Tiger. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, like, cool. Oh, cool. You also like to party? Like, that's not not a thing. Tiger is one of the boys. Don't you guys get it by now? Root for him. Tiger is not one of the boys. Tiger is Carlton. (laughs) So? Carlton's one of the boys. Yeah, he's not one of the boys. After I saw that documentary, how he was acting with the ladies, nah. Nah. Okay. So, okay, you've never picked up a woman from a diner. Okay. Yeah, yeah but I didn't. are the bad guys now. I didn't I tell her I loved her right in the parking lot when we were leaving. <laughs> oh, that's what you have to do. That's the move. That's the, like, and then if, if she says what, you're like, I, I love pancakes. Like, you have to, like, change it real fast. Like, yeah. You're like, you're like I love you. You'd be like, no, I love chocolate milk. And she's like, that doesn't. Who just says that? No, yeah, I love you who. That's what it is. I love you who. (laughs) That's a a super good one. (laughs) Uh, I took – sorry, so boys, so the money I rode was 11 under for the winner, and uh, Shell Filler don't care about me. He decided to four-putt on uh, the final hole to to go 10 under, but he still had a three-stroke lead over McElroy because no one can golf in the world except for one guy now. This is like Tiger from 20 years ago, except now with someone who's not Tiger, so it's way less interesting. You see this a lot in golf tournaments. One guy will just be on fire for four days and put up a great score, and everyone's just fighting for second place. Going to grab a break. We're doing NFL Draft Talk whenever we get back. Joining us on the program, Joe DeLeone, who is the host of FCS Football on Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. Uh, they just they kind of got a lot of cool stuff over there. We ran into these guys at the Super Bowl, and they have been a tremendous resource as far as actual sports coverage. So uh, let's learn a bit about the draft, boys, because it's that time. Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program, 430. You just left the office. Thank you for joining us. I'm at the home studio. Van's at the home studio. Robert is in the John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. And joining us on the front of the show hotline, Joe DeLeon of the FCS Football Show, which is on Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. We cross paths at the Super Bowl. He is a plethora of knowledge as it relates to all things football, and we're going to preview the NFL draft. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing good, brother. How good, are you? Good, buddy. I'm very excited if you can't tell that the NFL draft is, is coming up. Uh, and I think we're like a couple weeks away. I'm, I'm super excited. Well, I, I noticed you've been putting out a lot of content recently, and it's obviously all draft-centric. But I noticed a trend. I've been hearing a lot of like positive stories about players, and that makes me think that they're garbage because this is the only time the positive <laughs> stories come out about guys is if they're not any good. So my rule is if I hear trash stories about players, draft him because he's really good. Right. I mean, I think a good example of that is 
is Kayvon Thibodeau. You keep hearing all this positive stuff with, with Trevon Walker from Georgia and nope, Malik Willis from Liberty, and everyone's bashing Kayvon Thibodeau for, for no reason. But I would argue I think he's the most talented player in the class. But here we are, like you're, you're talking about, the best players are always the ones that they get nitpicked at the end of the cycle. Joe, I know you're into – I know you wear a lot of hats. You're into a lot of different sports, a lot of different topics. But the NFL draft is your bed, bread and butter. Like, mm-hmm. Can you talk about your process year-round, what it takes to get this analysis on the draft? Yeah, I think it, it first starts with, with an effective job of, of doing summer scouting, which right when this draft ends, start flipping on the tape for the 2023 guys. And I already started watching some of the quarterbacks for – for next year um, and, and getting a, a, you know, a peek at that 2023 class and then just gradually adjusting and preparing and reevaluating the, the next crop of film that you're getting for those guys after you have that understanding of who's going to be really good, who's going to come on during the next college football season. It is a long process. There's a lot of names to know. Um, you know being detail-oriented is, is really, really key, but I think it also part of – the process of familiarizing yourself with the draft class is not just watching the film, uh, but it, it's also doing like that background research, kind of gathering opinions from, from some other sources and just other media outlets. I'm a big reader, and I just kind of like to dive in to see what other people think. So a lot of work. The, the, the draft process, the draft cycle doesn't start like people might assume in January when the college football season ends. It, it starts as soon as the last cycle ends. The next one is starting to get ready, and you got to start doing your prep work early. Joe, I have a question about hearing everyone saying this is a draft class that is very low, not exciting. Do you agree with that? Are we having a down year in the draft? I wouldn't say it's a down year. I think what a lot of people mean by that is it, there's no stars at the top. We don't have a, a Trevor Lawrence. We don't have – a clear cut, this is 100% going to be the first overall pick. There's a lot of debate on who's going to be drafted in that top three, and I think that there are hundreds of different directions that you could possibly propose on who ends up going in those top three picks, let alone the top five. But just because there's not an elite guaranteed first overall pick, I think this class has more depth than we've ever seen. It's got a lot of really talented defensive players particularly at the edge position uh, at, at corner. There's some really good safeties as well. It's an underrated linebacker group. There's some really nice linebackers in this class too. I just think that, like you're talking about, I think it's more because, again, we don't have that star, but because of all these guys that went back with COVID eligibility and had some extra time to train, uh, this is going to be a really, really deep class. So if your team, maybe you're like the Eagles and you have a lot of draft picks, this is a really good year for you. You're going to be able to draft guys on day three that are going to turn into quality starters or contributors, just guys that you're going to have stick around for hopefully extended periods of time because of the depth that, that comes in this year's class. So, Joe, you're not aware of this, but I actually bought the website, forgetthesepicks.com, because draft <laughs> picks, in my opinion, they do not matter. Draft picks to me are only worth trading for players that are problems for other teams. Like, that to me, there's for some reason a group of teams in the league that think draft picks are important, and then there's a group of teams in the league that win. Can you help me believe that the draft matters? Because I'm a guy that just can't subscribe. I don't think I can chance a top ten anything 
when I know I can trade that thing for a proven something that's been in the league a couple of years. Did, did you have to outbid Let's Need for that for that domain name? Yeah, yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of been the, the Ram strategy lately, and, and some teams kind of have that approach. Traffics matter for a team like the Lions or the Jaguars uh, or the Texans that have a, a very incomplete roster, a lot of holes. These teams that are picking high, they need to build young. They need to develop young uh, in order to build the nice foundation. We, we forget that the Rams – not too long ago, were a really bad team when they were in a position to draft Aaron Donald and some of these other players that they got that were building block pieces for their Super Bowl run. But you can't put yourself in that position to trade picks for players until you have that really strong core of guys that you drafted over the previous five to six years. I also think that there are certain positions – you just need to have young talent. Like You're not going to be able to spend that money at every single position. Corners are really expensive. Offensive linemen are really expensive. And while you can go out and trade for them or you can acquire them in free agency and, and try to sign them to these long, long-term deals, it's just really tricky to try and fit that all under the cap. And I know the Rams do such a good job of it. Uh, not every team is as capable as what is needed at figuring that stuff out. But the, the reality is, in order to be in that position to start moving those picks to bring in veteran players, you need the foundation set first. Joe, as uh, me and my producer, Mike Vital on the other side of the glass, we're both Packers fans. And as you know, there is a huge hole to fill in the wide receiver position for the Packers. It seems like this draft class is really deep on wide receiver, but there's no immediate game-changing superstars. Got a two-parter for you. Mm -hmm. Who would you target in this wide receiver core this year, and is Christian Watson going to live up to all the hype? Yeah, I think that the Packers, thanks to the fact that they now have two first-round picks because of the – the Devontae Adams trade, they're sitting at 22 and 28. I think they're in a good spot to draft a quality receiver. And like you said, there isn't really a Jamar Chase in this class. There isn't a Justin Jefferson in this group. But this is still a really good receiver class. There's some really fun, talented guys based on what direction the Packers want to go in. And I think that you could draft in the first or second round a player – that could put up a thousand yards and, and be a quality receiver. There's always going to be guys that develop into uh, elite starters. I think in any class that maybe outlive the expectation, but there, there is a really good group of receivers. And I think if through the Packers, the big one for me that would be really fun to see is if they drafted Jamison Williams from Alabama, the guy who transferred from Ohio state to Alabama during this really good season that they had this past year, Jamison Williams exploded onto the scene ends up tearing his ACL at the very end of the season. So that's going to push him down draft boards a little bit, but it seems like his recovery is going really well. It's way ahead of schedule than we typically have for an ACL injury. But Jamison Williams is really, really fast. He's super athletic. He would be a really nice deep threat to add to um, that Packers team that could use a little bit of juice. And maybe they don't want to go in the direction of Jamison Williams. Maybe they want a little bit more – uh, you know, route running, Garrett Wilson's a fast receiver. Um, I think that he's a, a really underrated name in this class. It's not getting enough recognition as wide receiver one. He's an Ohio State guy. 
or they want to go an even bigger body. Traylon Burks from Arkansas fits perfectly there in the 20s in the first round. 6'2", 225. He kind of gives me those Debo Samuel vibes where you can use him to do whatever you need. You can give him uh, you know, an end-around jet sweep. You can ask him to stretch the field, and he's going to make plays that way. The dude has some really, really good play game speed. And even though he ran in the four fives of the combine, I think that he's going to be a legit threat at the next level. So someone like Traylon Burks would be a really nice toy for, uh, for Aaron Rodgers to play with. But to answer your question about Christian Watson, who's kind of starting to get this, this buzz as a possible late first-round pick, uh, I think he certainly will live up to the hype. There is some concern with his drop percentage. I think he's got like the worst drop percentage in in the group of the, the top receivers that keep being brought up in the top 10 conversation for that position group. Um, but what you're getting with him is a tall, long, fast receiver that has very underrated flexibility and athleticism and ability to cut in and out of routes. It's kind of the the issue that you get with these tall, fast receivers that they're not always really good at, at cutting and, and changing direction, kind of like DK Metcalf, but I think Christian Watson has that ability to cut. If you can tap into it and work on his, on his hands a little bit, I think that he could be a really, really um, high-impact player at the next level. Joe, who's going to make the biggest splash on the first day of the draft? Who's going to surprise us? Which team is going to make that move to make everyone second guess or even be surprised that they made that, that pick that they're going to make? Well, I, I think if we're just talking in terms of, like, splash and everyone's going to be uh, freaking out over on the day of the draft, we saw, I think it was last week or it was very recently that the Saints made that move to, to put themselves in a position with the 16th pick and then now the 19th pick. They have two first-round picks after they made that deal with the Eagles. Uh, they're clearly not done. They're going to try to move up further to put themselves into the top ten. You, you don't try to make that move just so you have two first-round picks. They're trying to build up ammunition very clearly. I think that they're moving up to go and get one of these tackles and that they're hoping that Evan Neal or um, you know potentially Ika McQuanu maybe slides a little bit. I don't know if that's going to happen, but they'll also be able to, to get in position to draft someone like Charles Cross from Mississippi State. But, man, I, th- I think the Saints are, are really starting to, to build up some momentum here so that they can trade into the top ten to, to get one of those offensive tackles after they lost to Ron Armstead. Joe, we need to step aside for a second. Can you stick around for about four minutes? We'll come back and finish this thing out. Yeah, of course. Appreciate that, brother. Where we get back more NFL draft talk, because unlike Rob, I want to know what team's going to look a fool after day one. That's what I want. Forget the guys are going to look good. I don't care about them. You might be talking about my team. Yeah, 100% I'm going to be talking about your team. The first team to take a defensive player, I can already tell you that's who it's going to be. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Joining us on the program, Joe DeLeon from FCS Football, which you can find on Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. Uh, you boys are over like 200 episodes now, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we've got a lot of episodes, man. I don't, 200. That, we might be over that. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. Congratulations. Lost yeah, good, pro- <laughs> good product, a lot of consistency with that. And obviously, if you put that on wherever you subscribe to podcasts, uh, you're going to get a quality listen every day. It's a little bit more serious than what your boys do here. Okay. Uh, oh, go ahead, Joe. No, I was going to say, I don't, I don't know. How, uh, I, I wouldn't say we're necessarily much more serious. If anything, we get distracted a lot, a lot easier than you guys probably do. 
Uh, during the break, I bought fdraftpicks.com, and if you go to fdraftpicks.com, it'll take you to our website for the show. So that is currently set up. If you don't believe me, try it now on your viewing device, wherever you're doing. Just fdraftpicks.com, and it'll take you right to where we are. Okay. The Jaguars are picking number one. And if they don't take, I guess, Garrett Wilson, I don't really know who the best wide receiver is, but if they take anyone except for Garrett Wilson, they're wasting the pick, and it's the dumbest pick in the history of the NFL. Go. Wait, you're saying at first overall if they don't take yes. Garrett Wilson? 100%. Well, I mean, I like Garrett Wilson. I think that he's the first receiver in the class. First overall, I don't know. I don't know about that. But they're probably going to be picking Aiden Hutchinson from you know the, the team up north or whatever they call him. I don't, I don't really fully subscribe to that rivalry, but <laughs> – that's going to be Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, I would love to see Garrett Wilson go in the top ten, but I just don't know if the value is there at receiver. Why would they waste a draft pick on a defensive player? Like, I don't understand. Like, you could get you could get a wide receiver. Well, if they traded back, but I just don't know if there's any – I just don't really know if anyone would willingly trade into that spot. It's, it's, I agree with you on that point. It, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to, to draft a defensive player for the Jaguars there because they – already have a bunch of defensive linemen that they've spent picks on. But, uh, you know, maybe they trade back into the end of the, the first round and go get Garrett Wilson if he's still on the board. That I would certainly support. i just say take him number one. Joe, what veteran players, what established <laughs> players do you think could be on the move on draft day? Teams who are already established, need another piece or two, willing to give up picks for a veteran. What veterans do you think are on the move? Yeah, I think the the big one everyone needs to be paying attention to is Jimmy Garoppolo, um, 49ers quarterback, who they're trying to move forward with Trey Lance as the starter. Um, and I just – I don't think that – I think that a team that wants to go for a quarterback in this class should do one last check-in with the 49ers before they say to themselves, we're going to draft uh, one of these quarterbacks in this class. This quarterback class is terrible. It is – one of the worst that we've ever seen. It's worse than the uh, Daniel Jones-Kyler Murray year, where it was also Drew Locke and, and Dwayne Haskins. Um, this class is not good. There is not a single first-round quarterback this year that's worthy of being drafted that high. There's going to be a bunch of guys that get overdrafted that are never going to set foot on a, you know, in a starting capacity or at a high-quality level. And there's going to be a ton of volatility. There's going to be a lot of guys that just fail. And I think any team, if you're, like the, uh, if you're the Panthers, are you really in a position where you want to sell yourself on drafting one of these young guys when you can move and go and get Jimmy Garoppolo and move forward with him? I, I think that any of those teams with an unsettled quarterback situation, I know that there are not very many. The Saints are another team like that. They need to make the phone call for Jimmy Garoppolo. And frankly, I would make the call for Jimmy Garoppolo before I'd make the call for Baker Mayfield, who I just I don't see the value in, in going for Baker Mayfield based on the, the drama that he could possibly bring to your team. Well, your team's going to have better commercials with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I mean, there's that. <laughs> yeah, the monetization part of it makes it better. <laughs> Just wait until he starts posting on social media when he's not starting halfway through the year. All right, Joe. My team, they don't do a lot well, but they do draft very well, and that's the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm going to be very selfish. Will we continue – at least picking great players in the draft this year. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason why not. I think that 
they're going to be selecting in a position that will allow them to fulfill some of those needs that they have and, and have another really good draft year. They're sitting at 17, and that's going to help them maybe finalize that defensive line that got really, really good during free agency when they added Cleo Mack. The big eye that I'm, or the big thing that I'm eyeing here is them possibly drafting Jordan Davis from uh, Georgia, the, you know, the big massive defensive tackle, the 340 pounder that ran a 478 at the combine. I think you plug him into that group that is already very, very well rounded. He can be that final disruptive piece that is going to require double teams to handle on rushing downs. And that's going to free up Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack to tee off. Uh, on on quarterbacks, on running backs, and, and make tons of plays in the backfield. So I think that they're in a really good spot and keep an eye on a defensive tackle for them there at 17. Too bad we can't draft the coach, but that's another thing. Oh my God. <laughs> you don't like Brandon Staley? Oh, no, I think he kept us out of the playoffs gambling too much, but hopefully he tippers that down. We get, Punt the ball, kick the ball. That's what we need to well, do. Well, maybe you can – Draft a uh, San Diego State punter in the in the first round, and then he'll be more inclined to punt. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, thank you so very much. Of course, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Tune Joe. Tune on ninety-five point nine FM and AM six ten. The the Los Angeles Dodgers went to Colorado last weekend and just got their absolute butts whooped, and they're a terrible baseball team and. 0% chance of them even returning to the playoffs the way I kind of see it. So there you go, Robert. You got that going for you in your life. Yeah. Have fun. For now. For now. You're terrible. Clayton Kershaw hasn't even pitched yet. Let the boys have a couple weeks first. <laughs> we'll, we'll, be, we'll talk in July. Let's talk in July. They gave up a nine spot against the Roger, <laughs> Rockies. In Colorado. Yeah, that's that's average. <laughs> they held him to three, and they couldn't even beat him. <laughs> They're so bad. I think the Dodgers this year have as good a shot as any team in the history of baseball of breaking the Mariners' wins record. They're that <laughs> loaded. Ooh, I don't even want that pressure. <laughs> you put that pressure on me, Ricky Bobby? Mm-mm. Oh, man. And the Dodgers fans are like, the Dodgers, they can't beat the Rockies. <laughs> they go to the Colorado, they lose two. Hey, Mike, we're going to save this, this sound bite, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Please <this>. do. <laughs> no, one, no, one will win. no one will lose two in Colorado the rest of the year. No one else. The Dodgers. <laughs> Dodgers will. Oh, I'm dead. Their best player is Chris Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, the Dodgers are so bad. <laughs> I love how every time Fred sees something, it's like the first time he saw it. <laughs> yes. Like a team has never lost on the road before. Like, oh, okay. They lost two out of three on the road. That's baseball, baby. Hey, can, That's going to happen imagine, a lot this year. Can you imagine really needing a day off before you play the Twins? Because you just wrapped up with the Rockies. <laughs> <laughs> The Rockies are going to hang as many L's as the Dodgers hang as many W's this year. Oh, gosh. Joining us on the program, friend of the show, Chad, and I know he's got my back on this one. Welcome, Chad. 
Hey guys, how you doing? Doing good, brother. Hey, Chad. Yeah, hey, I just wanted to talk a little uh, NFL draft and just some thoughts on that. Um, for one thing, uh, I'm going to start off. The quarterbacks are quite. I, I love how there's all these different tones that read quarterback draft. This is not. Yeah, if you look at the other drafts where apparently there was quarterbacks, a lot of them are no longer playing or, or, or significant. Look at Jared Goff. Look at uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, well, Carson Wentz, you know, he's bouncing around. Look at guys like Jameis Winston, guys like uh, Mariota, all these guys that were supposed to be these top echelon quarterbacks. And um, I'm going to give it up to Kenny Pickett. I'm going to give it up to Kenny Pickett. He's uh, an older quarter. He's almost 24, coming out of college. He has the experience under his belt. He comes from a pro-style offense. He's got an arm. He's got an arm. He's mobile. Um, he's, um, I think he's coming in. Guys like Malik Willis, you know, I think he's kind of like a Trey Lance kind of guy. He might take a few years. He's, I saw him his, you know, combine uh, videos, and he had some nice passes. He had some balls. I think he's got to get some air under him a little better. But, you know, he's going to be a little more of a project, I think, in the first couple of years. Uh, but Kenny Pickett, I think he's ready. I think he's ready, and I think he's going to be a good quarterback. So um, uh, I just don't understand sometimes – you know, everybody seems to know. You know, it's like kind of like a money ball. How do you know? How do you know? Like, and there's so many different factors where guys have just been so. Hey, you're a first rounder. He's going to be great. He's going to be great. And look at the quarterbacks in the league over the years, and how many of them are not. Well, we're losing a, lot a little of bit, Chad. Chad, you're in and out, but I think we got the idea. Uh, Van, I know you wanted to jump in first because you're actually kind of like a big Kenny Pickett mark, and I think that's weird. Yeah, I'm a 5'10 and a half, 165, and me and Kenny Pickett have the same size hands. So uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit worrisome for Kenny Pickett. But if you watch Kenny Pickett's game tape, you know the kid can ball. And then, like, for like Malik Willis, as an example, I think you're exactly right, Chad, that he is a project, and he's going to need to sit on the bench and – sit in the locker room and in the the, the film room for a couple years before his skill set emerges. But for me, like all these NFL quarterbacks, if you put a high pick on these guys, you better get them into a good situation because there's been plenty of like all-world talents who got thrown into an awful situation and never lived up to the hype. My That's favorite separate. example is David Carr. David Carr was supposed to be way better than Derek Carr. David Carr – got the absolute crap beat out of him in Houston for years, and then poof, he's out of the league. So you take some of these guys, you put them in a good situation, i.e. Tom Brady. If Tom Brady didn't have Belichick and a good roster and a good organization, we and might Lola never ever seen Jets. how good Tom Brady was. Well, my thing on Pickett is his best highlight is him fake sliding. <laughs> I haven't seen him throw a pass yet. All we talk about is his little hands and a fake slide. I don't know anything about the guy. Like, there's no, two, there's two no qualities. way I'm coming. I'm not coming off a first round drafty that I can put on a wide receiver, which, by the way, is the only position I take in the first round. Whenever to take a guy like Kenny Pickett, when I can get Carson Strong on day two or three, and Carson Strong to me is the great value of Kenny Pickett, but he played it in Nevada instead of Pitt. Like, I, like, if you're like, hey, you can get a first-round talent wide receiver and Carson Strong later, 100% that's the way I'm going. Because uh, I, don't, I don't trust enough Pickett. 
let's be honest though. The the league is so quarterback strong right now. Nobody's really coming from college and making a splash. They're not going to do it. The the quarterback field right now in the NFL is so deep with guys that are that are like playing out of this world. I don't I just don't see a quarterback coming in doing anything significant from college. All the Yeah, not this year for sure. Year. I mean, you got 22, 23 teams in the NFL that are pretty happy with their starting quarterback and then five, six, seven who desperately need an upgrade. But I don't think anyone from this quarterback draft class this year is going to be anyone's answer. If you're in a good situation and you pick one of these quarterbacks at a fair spot in the draft and you develop them, you might find your guy eventually. But I don't see any kind of wave maker that we've seen over the past few years. The the best rookie last year was Mac Jones. Right? That's we by all wins. agree that Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by most metrics, by passing yards, by yeah. like as far as the rookie class goes. But like as we sit here like, yeah, you know, Mac Jones threw for thirty eight hundred yards. On the other side of the coin we're like, hey, most garbage season we've ever seen from Ben Roethlisberger. He threw for thirty eight hundred yards. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah, so it, so it's like coming in as a rookie, you're not going to do well. It's not it's not set up right now for a rookie quarterback because defenses are too smart. But it is set up for rookie wide receivers. Yes, and that's why you go and get like Jimmy Garoppolo, who can throw it to the fastest kid you've ever seen come out of a university. And he's going to work super hard for three years till he gets paid, and then eventually gives up. Like that is what you need on your squad. Like first round draft pick on quarterbacks. It, uh, not for me, boys. Like, Trevor Lawrence was not good. Like, I don't know how else to say that. Well, then again, back to my point, really good quarterback in a really bad situation. They better take a wide receiver with the first overall draft pick, or they I – would, I would just give away – I would say, oh, we're, we changed our mind. Well, Pass. you need to give away – if the Jags – if I was the GM of the Jags, I would trade down. I would get rid of that first pick for someone who needs a defensive end or a, a left tackle on the offensive line and then get one of those receivers 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15th pick. I'm with you, Fred. Give me the best wide receiver. Oh. I saw too much of Jamar Chase just going crazy. Give me that guy that solidified my team. I've, I've already have a decent quarterback. Give me, the, give me the best athlete, the guy who can catch, stretch the field, all that good stuff. Well, and the way the game is now, and we'll, we'll use the kid in San Francisco, like your best wide receiver is also your best running back. Like you you can just put these athletes wherever they need to be on the field. You know, the best like tight end in New Orleans is actually a quarterback. So it's like you have these guys that can do all these different things. You have to exploit that, and you can't do that with a, a guy that – and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, the NFL game is not the college game, boys. Like the NFL game for a quarterback, that's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. There's only a handful of dudes – that get there and get it. You know, and we, we talk about Jamarcus Russell and we talk about these guys all the time that it just couldn't make it click. And and I'm, like, super worried. But it's not hard to tell a guy to go run fast and to promise him he won't be hit downfield because the rules here won't let him. Like, to me, the safest bet is wide receiver. And especially, like you were saying, Chase and who's the other cat? Waddle and Devonta Waddle. Smith and, and uh, oh, Van, what was the kid you liked from uh, Minnesota? Uh, Bateman. Like, there were all these kids that were, like, very good and showed up and did a really good job. And I don't think you can say that about another position in the NFL that comes in and makes a splash so fast. If you've got a good offensive line that protects your quarterback, the next difference maker is the wide receiver. 
creating space, not dropping balls, and doing something with the ball once they catch it. The way, the way NFL front offices treat wide receivers now is the way that they treated running backs for the past 30 years. Yeah. You can't have a good football team unless you've got a guy you could pound in between the tackles, get your three, four, five yards. They used to say, like, oh, the receiver just catches the ball. But the way how dynamic offenses are now, the, the receiver puts your quarterback in a position for success. Mm-hmm. If you can't create space – you can't get away from these defensive backs who, by the way, are as tall and as fast and as athletic as all the good wide receivers, then you're putting yourself in a, in a world of hurt. Who's the best defensive back coming out? That Ahmad Gardner kid from Cincinnati? Yeah. Yep. He's 6'3". Yep. <laughs> like, that's yeah. incredible. I mean, the me. talent on both sides of the ball are catching up with each other. Yeah, because back in the day, the cornerbacks were 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, that's it. Yeah. Right. And yet and you couldn't put them in on first or second down because they would just get run over. Like mm-hmm. they were so small. Like that's you, you guys remember when it was like sexy to have like a nickel package and have yeah. like a dime package. Every down now is the nickel and the dime. Like and that's and you know, sometimes I like like I don't know if you guys have heard, but like I, I hate linebackers, right? Because corners have gotten so good that it's diminished the return of the linebacker. You don't need them. Like it's all about the passing game. The hybrid safety corners that can play outside linebacker in certain setups is really important. You know, they used to say, like, these football players, the only reason they're playing in the secondary is they can't catch the football. That's not the case anymore. (laughs) No, no. Look at Trayvon Diggs. You can put Trayvon on the other side of the ball with his brother Stephon Diggs, and you wouldn't even notice the difference because he could play wide receiver with anybody. That's how the majority of these athletes are now. They can catch, and they can keep up with you. And God forbid they get an interception because all of your players on the offensive side of the ball who aren't used to tackling can't tackle this guy anyways. Van, here's what I need you to do for the show tomorrow. I need you to come back with a complete book report on the digital classes that are offered at the YMCA. You cannot physically be there right now like you, like like by, I think, law. I'm not sure what COVID law is, but you can't go into the YMCA until you are COVID-free. But I can't you can go do their, anywhere, honestly. Yeah. You can do their at-home classes. So I want you to stream like a yoga, or I want you to scream like, like a high-impact thing. And then if you don't fall over and collapse and die due to your COVID <laughs> illness, I would like a full-on report of how much you enjoyed remote YMCAing. Well, trust me, your boy has been stretching the last few days because I had an unfortunate event Saturday morning where I sneezed so hard I threw my <laughs> back out because I'm 40 now. So I've been doing a lot of stretching and yoga the last two days to help me overcome these Corvids. Major League Baseball talk where we get back at the very bottom of all divisions and talent is the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Gas prices suck, and if you've got a gas guzzler, now's the time to fight the suck. Get into Malloy Los Lunas and pick up one of our 30 vehicles rated over 30 miles per gallon. Plus, we want to give you a $1,000 gas card. No purchase necessary. Visit MalloyLosLunas.com. See dealer for details. This report is brought to you by Malloy Los Lunas. Well, traffic this afternoon, uh, we got a number of slow spots out there. We've still got that crash. He's found on I-40 at Rio Grande. It's affecting your left lane and shoulder. It is causing slowdowns. Watch out going through there. Westbound on I-40, we've got slowdowns between the interchange and cores. Also, Paseo headed west this afternoon. Slowdowns between 
I-25 and Coors. Also, a uh, crash uh, just popping up now. It is on southbound Coors as you approach Montano, and that had been a bit of a slow spot for a while now, but now we've got a crash there as well, so watch out for that. Beyond Van Gogh, the immersive experience, now in the Sawmill District. Explore the dreams and visions of one of the most influential artists of our time with over 300 works of Vincent Van Gogh projected by cutting-edge technology. Get your tickets at VanGoughAlbuquerque.com. Brought to you by Beyond Van Gogh, the immersive experience. If you see an accident, call the Traffic Tracker hotline at 767-9167. Brought to you by American Home Furniture and Mattress. Shop in store or online at AmericanHome.com. They guarantee you'll pay less. I'm Michael Carlisle from the 96.3 News Radio KKOB Traffic Center. The Sports Animal has your shot at 100 bucks 10 times a day and $25,000 for the grand prize. Think of it as freeing up some cap space and giving it back to the people. The 25K Payday. Listen for the national keyword every hour from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. weekdays. Text the keyword for your chance at 100 bucks. Please don't text to drive. Contest details are online now at sportsanimalabq.com. Start your new year with a new space. Make your 2022 home projects happen with the home equity loan or line of credit from Kirtland Federal Credit Union. Learn more at kirtlandfcu.org slash home equity. Kirtland Federal Credit Union. You belong. There is only one medium that can reach an audience without seeing it, without touching it. A medium that can captivate its audience from 360 degrees. A sensory experience this powerful can only come from radio. Harness the power of radio for your business because the audience is listening. Cumulus Radio. Contact Jason Martinez at 767-9113 now and let us show you how our radio station can help your business. Interested? See? It works. The Opening Drive with Jeff Simbietta and J.J. Vaughn. Weekday mornings from 7 till 10 on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. There's a swing and a drive. Left field. Line drive to the stands. A home run. Nolan Arenado with his second home run of the series. Stud. 3-0 Cardinals in the first inning. Warren with the 3-1. And that's lined up the middle in the center for a base hit. Maldonado can walk home. Steary tearing around third. He'll score. Trout bobbles the ball in center. Now picks it up, but not before Bregman slides safely into second base. Astros lead it 2-1. to one. Bregman drives in a pair. Major League Baseball, boys. It's back. And you take no from- happier than me. Well, I would say Rockies fan. Rockies fan is happier than you. Yeah, they peaked pretty early. Yeah, they they won their World Series. They'll get Beat one up more on chance the... out of them. <laughs> the base beloved dwelling. Astros took three out of four on the road against your Angels, Fred. Oh God, I don't care about the Angels at all. I only <laughs> care about the one player. Um, well, two. Yeah, really, just the one though. You know. They, Mike Trout's a numbers guy. He's just not a winner. You know, He's I just, just a I compiler. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I used the, to be an Angels guy when they had the best player in baseball, Albert Pujols, but he's no longer there. So uh, so he's back where he should be, at home with the St. Louis Cardinals. And, uh, yeah, the Angels are they're about as good as the Dodgers. L.A. just doesn't know sports. <laughs> Opening day, day one, I think that was the story. Your dude, Albert Pujols, coming home. 
playing at home, Homecoming. just getting a wild ovation. Homecoming. Not only when he ran out on the field, but also when he came up to bat. Oh, my God. Guys, guys, it was beautiful. It was so beautiful. It was the most important thing that's ever happened to me. And then he comes up to bat and hits an absolute whiz rocket yes. right to the left fielder. If he would have got under it, it would have been out of the park. I mean, can't win them all, right? That's why they got that saying. And I'm calling and they said that his rockets now, by the way. That's good radio work. And yeah, you know, I know you I, can't, I can't win them say all. the real baseball term on radio. So I know you can't, Robert, because the Dodgers only won one against the Rockies this past weekend as they went one and two and uh, are currently sitting one and a half games back and looking to fall further down the standings. I, I, am, like I am one more Dodgers rib from bringing up Pujols' ex-wife. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. <laughs> he pulled a Lance Armstrong, didn't he? <laughs> a pile of garbage. There goes your character points. At least you're a good baseball player. Max Muncy, 0 for 4. Wilson. <laughs> Oh, there's a Will Smith on the Dodgers? I thought there was just the one, like yeah. the famous one. Okay. Slaps so a couple kind of, singles every now and sure. then. Kind of a neat thing for him to be able to be a part of that. You guys enjoying the DH in the National League? Didn't even notice. I oh, am. I absolutely noticed. I am. I legit didn't even notice. Like, oh, okay, my pitcher didn't come up to bat this inning and mess up a sacrifice bunt and ended up popping out to the catcher or getting two strikes on him and flailing at a slider like an idiot. No, I didn't miss that at all. At least a hitter gets to hit now. Hot take, man. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to get out of the house, man. I do. <laughs> oh, by the way, did I tell you guys about my COVID cocktail? Uh-oh. No, but Uh-oh. go ahead. Big big shout out to our friend uh, Chris Lurig from Safe House who helped who helped me concoct this beverage. I okay. took a little by the uh, way, liberties he's not on a my doctor. own. I want to make so sure here's he's, what, he's not clear. a doctor, but he, he might as well be the way he creates those cocktails at Safe House Distilling downtown. Certain things you could say. Number one, this is not medicine. Yeah. Make sure yeah. you say that. Yes, I am not a doctor, and this has not been proven and or passed by the FDA. Love it. Let's God go. forbid you get COVID. Let me tell you what helped me personally, anecdotally, with no medical uh, know-how whatsoever. So what you do is, boys, you pop some green tea in the microwave, all right? You, hit up, you heat up that green tea. And then you pour a Theraflu into the green tea. And Theraflu already has that, like, honey lemon flavor already. So you mix it up into the hot green tea, all right? You still with me, boys? Okay. And then you drop a couple ice cubes in it. You get it down to room temp. And then here, what you take it to another level. So I'm showing this to the Facebook Live camera, but you can't see it. On radio, I got like a big mixer here, probably like a 24-ounce mixy boy, little plastic container to mix drinks in. So what you do is... You pour the green tea and Theraflu mix into the container, and then you top it off with a lemon-lime seltzer, boys. And then you got the best of all the worlds. A little green tea, give you some nice antioxidants and some, uh, some energy. You got the Theraflu, 
to cure all your symptoms, and you got a little Seltzy Boy to take the edge off. It's an amazing concoction. Man. I completely swear by How about it. About a little vodka, man. No. What kind of elementary school COVID did you get, man? <laughs> what in the world? That would have done nothing for me, bro. <laughs> I legit, I legit got the great value. Yeah, you got the equate. You got the equate COVID. Yeah, my cocktail was rendevisphere and convalescent plasma. Little different. <laughs> And you're over here giving me the Julia Child approach yeah. to curing COVID. <laughs> He's a little too happy to, to talk about that. Hey, man, it helped me out Thursday and Friday. And now I just drink them because they're delicious. This, no. that's I don't, even need, I don't even need any more Theraflu. I'm just kind of like addicted to it now, I think. Hold on. Yeah, that's called liquid coating. Hold on, I'm going to Google this. Can you get addicted to Theraflu? Hey, Siri. Every Major League <laughs> Baseball team has at least one win. Included in that list is the Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> of the teams that are underperforming early, who are you most surprised about, including the Dodgers? Brewers Nobody. It's too early. Too early. Way too early. too early. You're telling me that accidentally the Rays are sitting undefeated. No. The Rays are good. You know, and they're on their way to a perfect season. There's no <laughs> doubt in my mind. Yeah. The Rays were at home playing the Orioles. They're supposed to win three of those games. Don't forget what happened to the Braves last year. They're admired or below 500 there for the last month or so and made a run. So you never know. Major League Baseball manager in the National League is batting their DH all over the lineup, boys. I don't know if you're seeing this, but there's like, like I think the Pirates are batting that Vogelbach kid who's 6'1 and 280 pounds in the leadoff. Wow. Like it's, it's a little oh. bit of a different approach in the National League as it comes to the DH, and I think I've been loving it. Well, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. It's the National League's first year using it. There's going to be some growing pains. you got to learn, right? Learn what? No, they, they don't need to learn anything. Uh, started off with the dingers, home runs. We don't. They don't even care about base runners. They're just trying to get on the board. They're just trying to catch them in the stat column. They're like, they're like we're ready to go. Like we're going to win a home run derby for a change. <laughs> I think the Cardinals are the real deal, boys. I'm not trying to be that guy who's like a homer or whatever, but you know how I am. I mean, nine zero on opening day, six two. On that second one, tough loss last night, whatever. I mean, I'm not trying to super get into that. Can't win them all. That's the saying. But, I mean, I just, I just well, on the way to the, well on the way to the World Series. <laughs> keep <sighs> these sound the bites, please. having a down weekend and their mics. starters not performing like studs, like you might be on to something here. The Brewers, who also today lost to the Orioles, who you just ran through the mud, so I want to make sure we're being very transparent about that. The Orioles are the Brewers are garbage. So they're about to lose three to the Orioles. Then they're going to come to St. Louis. They're going to are they going to play St. Louis? They're going to lose four. And if they're lucky, they might get one against Pittsburgh. Like Milwaukee season is done. It's the second week. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Have a cocktail. The king Jeez. of overreactions. Mike, I just Googled uh, Van's drink. It's called COVID Scissor. <laughs> what? What is it? <laughs> It, it legit is. Like, it I legit know it is. is. <laughs> it's legit. This legit is. I, I'm glad you picked up on that. I, I know it is. <laughs> Vera flu instead of codeine. <laughs> <laughs> the White Sox look like the real deal in the Central. 
but also I've been a little bit surprised about the Royals and Guardians early because I, I was a little bit of that guy that thought the Guardians might not get a base runner all season. So good for them on winning two early. But I, I think the White Sox, uh, I don't think we put enough hype in them, Van, where we talked about them at the beginning of the year. But, I mean, I mean, a 10-1 thomping over the Tigers, and and they just got it. I mean, they, they look like a team that up and down are, are pretty dangerous all the way through. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really high on the White Sox this year. You know, I have them winning the Central. I have them getting a bye in the playoffs. So, I mean, it comes as no surprise to me how good the White Sox are. The Guardians, you know, they're going to they're gonna be competitive all year. Um, as, as far as the Royals go, like, how big of a day did Bobby Witt Jr. have on opening day? Oh, yeah. Game-saving defensive yeah. play. Got the go-ahead hit in the ninth inning, and then the next day had another game-winning play. Like, welcome to the bigs, Bobby Witt Jr. You are loved already in Kansas City. How fortunate for the Astros that they play in the AL West. Well, the AL West is very competitive, except for the A's, who just punted their whole season. No, no, they're not competitive. The Angels can't seem to win a game. The Athletics are a joke. The Rangers, Rangers will never yeah. figure it out. Like, the Mariners, no. I guess, could pace for an easy second in the division, but that's only because everyone else is garbage. The Astros are going to get awful fat on the hog that is the AL West. Yes. You know, obviously, I watched a lot of Astros this past weekend, and it looks like Carlos Correa will not be missed whatsoever as their rookie shortstop, Jeremy Pena, had two three-hit games back-to-back. So, adios, Carlos Welcome to the Pena franchise. Van, did you think that would happen? I knew he was good. Like, I've had yeah. my eye on him a couple years now in the minors, but I didn't think he would come out as hot as he did and play as well as he did, both offensively and defensively, and just make Astros fan, Astros homer, more like it, like me, just immediately forget about Correa. No, I didn't think that was going to happen. Thank you so very much to I-9 Sports for being a proud partner of the program. We'll be doing today's I-9 Varsity at the end of the show. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know what we'll go over, but we'll find something before then. But reach out to them. For all of your youth sports needs, I-9 Sports, it's an easy Google. It's League Office 280. It's i9sports.com. Where we get back, boys, we'll wrap up Major League Baseball talk. And then there's a couple weird stories out there we'll hit on real quick. DU Hockey has done some stuff. Um Obviously, we, we tried every episode, find a way to take in what's going on in the world, and we're going to do that with this real weird story about, I didn't even know go-kart racing was a thing. Like, I, I had no idea this was a thing. So we'll hit on that, too, before, we're, before the top of the hour. It's two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Robert. You were out during the opening segment when we were going – Harder-ish on the Masters with mostly jokes, and I feel like you had a couple in your pocket. <laughs> you want to use them now? You got them saved up. No, the only joke I had was Tiger Woods. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was bit, Tiger should not have been there. I'm sorry. So bad. It's absolutely terrible. Catch he did Robert us wrong. Like Van, Van kind of talked about it. You can't be the brother in the Masters and, and not do well. <laughs> <laughs> You got to win it for us. Uh, breaking back. news, boys. So, 
Robert and I will be live from the concourse tomorrow for opening day for Isotopes, and that's very exciting. We're going to do the show at 4, and I believe Vital we're up till 645. Is that correct? Cool. Well, I just got a text. Uh, so joining us sometime on the program tomorrow will be Tim Keller. Tim Keller will sit down with us live on the concourse, and it'll be good to catch up with the mayor of Albuquerque and talk a little bit about what's going on in the world of sports here. Yeah. So Tim Keller booked for the show tomorrow. So that's an exciting thing as we are live from Isotopes Park. So there you go. Well, color me jealous, stupid wow. Corvids. <laughs> got to miss hey. out on another day. You're, uh, speaking of missing out, the Orlando Magic tweeted, I'm out for the season officially. Face palm. See y'all in the fall. Crown peace sign. Nice. Wow. <laughs> Fire. <laughs> Fire. Oh, man. I cannot deal. I just can't, boys. The All these people getting paid to run Twitter for, like, businesses and teams – they're they're too good. They're like because this is obviously the April Fool's tweet from LeBron James, but um, but the, I mean the the Magic are actually out. They're they're not going to play anymore. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. So LeBron second in the league in scoring. Oh gosh. Creeping up on a triple double. This is not LeBron's fault. LeBron hater. Oh, it's absolutely It's injuries. Not. It's, this is LeBron's fault. You know what? It, it, wasn't that funny that he said, you know, Frank Vogel just got fired yesterday, and apparently the Frank Vogel being fired leaked out before he, he even heard about it? Yeah, that Did was – you guys the, see this press conference? Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he learned about being fired from somebody in the hallway while he's walking into a press conference having no idea it was coming himself. Well, he and helped they asked LeBron team. about it later, and he's like, I don't have anything to do with personnel discussions. <laughs> now he does Sure you don't. Okay. Now you don't. Vogel was the fall guy. Vogel was the problem. He's a fall Vo- guy. Okay. No, Vogel, who, by the way, was there for three years, and that's like a record for everyone past Phil Jackson. So yeah, like, the, that's the, very Yeah, impressive. three years tops. You get three years at the Lakers now. You and you only get three. Like, That's who it. Are they, you get like, three who they, to manage all the egos. The, oh, okay. That's actually, I mean. I mean, That's one more Phil year than any coach that. has been with LeBron. Like, who is, I'm trying to really come up with it. Who is after, was it Brown? Byron Scott. Who was right, Doc Rivers. Who was right after <laughs> Phil Jackson? <laughs> Kurt Rambis. Who was right after, like, I really, boy, Derek Fisher? Was he the, Tyrone Liu? Like, there was. <laughs> You've named off all the light-skinned coaches in the NBA, bro. Good job. <laughs> I hope that's a category on next Geeks Who's Drink, so you're going to kill that one. Definitely didn't name Luke Walton or whatever, but cool. I mean, cool be cool about that, boys. You just named all the coaches that look like Pete Davidson. All, every last one of them. <laughs> Here's what, the thing, Frank Vogel going is going to fix this whole thing. Because they already have the greatest player in the history of the world, planet, and of all time, including every planet that's not Earth, LeBron Russell James. Westbrook. They have him. Oh, my gosh. Russell Westbrook is going to come back because he won't have 
terrible stepdad Frank Vogel over his shoulder all the time, knowing that he's sleeping with his mom, but also threatening to get him with the belt, but he's never actually done it, but it's still a legitimate threat. And he's going to learn his, like, remedy and comfort again. And aside from Davis being the worst center in the NBA, and he has been for, like, the last five or six years, even though he's supposed to be the best one, uh, they have enough pieces there. They're a couple away. They're still no. a couple away. No. I mean, you could just chalk it up to injuries. You could chalk it up to Frank Vogel not being able to manage that locker room, being yeah, bad with coach. X's and O's. Sure. Don't even, know the, don't even know the game. LeBron picked these guys. That's the problem. They had a championship team already in place. What other team takes a team that won a championship and gets rid of everybody? That makes no sense whatsoever. Marlins. The answer is the Marlins. The Marlins. Yeah. <laughs> LeBron but just they, they won. Weren't trying to, they weren't fooling anybody with trying to win, though. The Lakers are. Yeah, the, the, LeBron's ego was basically, hey, all, all my buddies who don't have a ring, come over here. I can get you a ring. That's what happened. It backfired. Yeah, I'm a big. He's the anti Gollum. <laughs> just give it out rings. Yeah. I mean, so they won a ring. I don't know if you guys remember that. For some reason, you act like they didn't. They get half. No, the yeah, they did. They did. Cool. And then I personally believe you can win with players who are all over 35. <laughs> I mean, look at our show. We're a bunch of winners. We're all over 35. <laughs> Here's what I'm saying: the Lakers. Obviously, have a problem, and it's not LeBron James or LeBron. any LeBron James's friends. So it has to be Frank Vogel or maybe Demarcus Cousins, but he's not there anymore. Yeah, it's, it's you knew Vogel was out of there. You knew he was gone at the All Star break. He was gone. He's but the good thing about it is he has a ring that's on his resume now. He's going to coach somewhere else. He's about to get paid. Somebody's going to pick him up. He's going to coach. And we'll probably never hear from him again, but he has that championship. And he's going to write it into his contract. No okay, LeBron. Three years, $37 million. LeBron and his friends can't come anywhere close <laughs> to me. They can't come into my locker room. You can't sign them. You can't even text them. Like, yeah, sir. Yep. Welcome all, to the Sacramento it, Kings. <laughs> <laughs> Also coming in to coach the Lakers is got to be Mark Jackson, right? Who else is it? Just let LeBron coach. It don't work like that. Nah. You, hey, I like just the Mark Jackson. Let's let him pull be. a Pete Rose, player coach. You'd do it all. Mark Jackson or Doc Rivers? No, see, because here's the thing. You have to get a guy who's a fan of LeBron. So you can't get, like, someone who thinks they're LeBron's dad. I just talked about this. Hmm. And that's what Doc Rivers thinks. So you have to get a guy – like, Luke Walton is, like, an example. You have to get a guy who, like, definitely will look at LeBron and be like, yes, LeBron, you're my father. Like, that's <laughs> a very important, like, aspect of coaching this team because LeBron is the aforementioned greatest of all time. Best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. The number one prerequisite for being LeBron's coach is you got to look him dead in the eye and not look up at the hairline every conversation because he's just going to get so mad at you. He won't be able to take you seriously. You're going to just, just distract him. He wants anyone who's going to draft his son. That's all he wants. Well, I mean, that's Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Also, like, Doc Rivers, I don't know what terminology is. He's just messy. Like, Doc Rivers loves, like, the terrible energy 
that would be that locker room. Yep. Like, he loves, like, flights where guys refuse to sit next to him. Yeah. He loves, like, my locker better not be next to the guy whose jersey number is next to mine. Mm -hmm. He loved that stuff. Doc Rivers is a loser. (laughs) (laughs) Doc Rivers loves puzzles with, like, eight pieces missing. Oh, yeah. He, oh, he's the worst. But, I mean, when you live for the drama, I mean, you yeah. know where the drama is. It can't be a legitimate coach. We know that much. Doc Rivers be. likes going to escape rooms with bad directions. <laughs> <laughs> Who does Rich Paul in clutch sports represent as a coach? That's what I want to know. Oh, that's a good question. Like, because that is who it's going to end up being. Bajron Lames. Yeah, right? (laughs) New head coach for the Los Angeles Lakers, Jolron Lames. (laughs) You'd be like, oh, that makes makes perfect sense. That's who it'll end up being, though. It'll be one of those boys. Because it won't be – it won't be anyone who thinks they're the senior to LeBron, Way in it, LeBron James in any way, and it won't be anyone outside that circle. I found out who it is. It's Nick Nurse. Who is that? Nick Nurse. Remember, he's the he sure. was the coach of the Toronto Raptors when they won. Okay, I like this a lot. Nick Nurse is represented by Clutch Sports. But it's also just LeBron James and glasses and a mustache. That's exactly who he is. Yeah. yeah but, yep. but he's got a oh, good God. gig in Toronto. Why would he want to leave that? He's got support from management. I wouldn't go. Because it's L.A. and not Toronto. It's a mess in L.A., though. And it's clutch because they're going to give him something. They're going to give him, like, a recording studio where he can make movies or something. Something crazy like that. Well, he looks like the type of guy who makes um, selfie Facebook videos in the front seat of his car talking about politics. <laughs> and luckily his last name is Nurse. And no one needs a nurse and those geriatric players on the Lakers roster. <laughs> His this, deal is up after this year with the Raptors, so you might be on point here. Yeah, looks because like, he hired Andy Miller of Clutch Sports to represent him two years ago. Oh, yeah, he's coming hey, to L.A. Long con. This one's over. We put it out there first. Welcome Nick Nurse to Los Angeles as the head coach of the 2023 world champion L.A. Lakers. They should just change Crypto.com to just uh, the the Clutch Club or whatever. (laughs) That's what it is. Wrapping up the hour whenever we get back. Two men on 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, boys. I, uh, have I told you I've, like, ruined the treadmill? Have I talked to you about this, guys? Because of your size? Or no. did you unplug it? <laughs> so, whenever I hit the cardio in the morning, I'm like a, I'm like a podcast guy, right? So, I'm, I'm like, let me catch up on the new – I'm a big NPR guy, like, full transparency. Like, I, I, AP and NPR, those are kind of my two go-tos. Anyways, so I've been listening to, like – like Ukraine conflict stuff on the treadmill. And it's just like ruining the treadmill for me. Like I need to find like a different time to absorb like my world war updates. There's no real good time to get horrible news, right? Just got to rip off the bandaid, just ingest all the horrible information and then move on with your day. I had no clue that war was still going on. 
It's a what? I thought, I thought it was over. I had no clue. Just cycle out. I hadn't heard of it in a couple of weeks. If it got if it would have got suspended from the Oscars for ten years, you would a hundred percent know it was still going on. Exactly. Yeah. So this Russian, I mean, maybe not ten years, maybe five or six years with good behavior. Yeah. This Russian go kart driver. Did you boys see this? What? So this this yeah. Russian go kart driver, and I'm gonna try to get you this cat's name because it's is it Wario? It's. <laughs> It is not. <laughs> it's a good joke. Art, Artem Severzhinkin. Okay. Severzhinkin. I, I can't Artem Severzhinkin. Oh, yeah, I don't see a G in there, but maybe. So he wins this go-kart race because for some reason he can race under the like Italian team. Italian. Italian. Italy. The not-Rome team. So after he wins, and I'm not going to do it because we're on the live stream. Oh, wow. He does, like, the Shane McMahon double fist yeah. over the heart. Like, like here comes the money. <laughs> but then instead of doing a peace sign, which I would say is a pretty acceptable move, he goes, like, full-on, like, Hitler youth stuff. Yeah. Why? He did not once, but twice. Oh, the just du- so the double chest tap and the Nazi salute oh, twice oh, from God. the podium on television. This is a child. Yeah, he's young, fifteen. How- Little man. Well, and honestly, I was, I think you're about to say it, Van. Go ahead. <laughs> he he looks Hitler Youth. <laughs> he this dude looks exactly. Like what Hitler used to I was gonna journal say. about yeah, before yeah, the, he went to bed. He was made in one of those Petri dishes. and Yeah, you, he looks just like that. If you asked him, he said he was made to go fast. <laughs> and, and isn't that like Russia's thing? Like they're looking for Nazis, right? Like there's one. Like you, <laughs> hey, like, hey, you got one. Yeah, there's a Russian one. Go to, one. Go go to war against Sweden and Italy now, I guess. Yeah. We, we had to denazify the Ukraine. We, you could just do it in Russia first. Like, 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 give us a proof of concept. This, yeah, this kid looks like he wants to race a go kart against Jesse Owens to get some get back. It, yeah, <laughs> he's like two thing, Two things I want to do this year: beat Jesse Owens in a one-on-one cart uh, uh, race and lose all my sponsors in professional career. Well, you got one. Yeah. Got well, one of all of done. his European sponsors, because. He gets to move to Russia tomorrow and be the minister of transportation because he's going to be <laughs> beloved over there now. Did you see what he said? He doubled down on this. On on Parler. Yeah. I didn't know Parler was a thing. Yeah, I thought that was well, over with them. too. I thought that was over way before the war was over, but they're still both <laughs> pumping. <laughs> I'm reading here. He says, this is what he says. He says, I'm from Russia. I thank the team and my relatives from Russia. Someone saw a bad gesture in my actions, but it's not. I just thank them. I am Russian. I am from Russia, and I stand by my country. Wow. Hey, move over, Ivan Drago. We have a new number one bad guy from Russia. <laughs> when did nationalism become, like, the hotness? Wow. Didn't Rocky you know, have remember- a kid? Rocky had a kid, didn't he? 
grandson something. Tommy, Tommy Gunn? Nah, not Tommy Gunn. That was his adopted kid. Oh. Where's, where's Rocky's No, he had an actual gr- kid. Yeah, where's Rocky's yeah, grandson kid, when you need him? He used, he used to flirt with the, the robot maid. If I talk to you about how Rocky didn't make sense, they give they shoot him up with steroids right before he goes to fight Rocky. You're like that's not how that's not how steroids work. <laughs> yeah, what are you shooting him up with? Hey, there was no cycle, no nothing. They just gave it to him right before the fight. <laughs> and you're like, it, and Dolph Lundgren's like, yeah, these are good steroids. And you're like, <laughs> and then on the other side, they got Rocky just like like juggling and eating eggs with the shell on him. And he's like, he's like, I'm getting real healthy, boys. He's, he's pulling yak out of the out of the tallest mountains. <laughs> Last hour of the program after this. Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. I am live from home. Van is live from home. Van, how's your COVID? Significantly better. The boy feels like he's back to normal, which is nice. Only like a hundred people caught COVID. How'd you how'd you catch COVID? Like that? It- well, you know we're so active in the community. No, nope. we run into a lot of people, mm-hmm. and one of those people gave me COVID. Okay, that is it's just <laughs> it's not correct. You trying to get me to single out one person? I know who gave you COVID. It was Chance Don't the Rapper. Don't say Gina Thomas. You went, to. you went to that Chance the Rapper concert, and he gave you COVID. Well, that was like two weeks ago, and I don't think the onset is two weeks. I think it's like 48 hours. I mean, I don't know enough to know wait, anymore. So, so, wait, you went to a Chance the Rapper No, concert. you know he's botching this on purpose. I, I know. I went to a Tyler the Creator. I was going to say, don't let him put you at a Chance the Rapper concert like that. Don't let him do you like that. And Vince Staples, who yep. knew, whose new album is amazing. There you, there you go. And Caliucci's. And then one other person that I, I showed up too late to see. Wasn't Nelly. I know that much. Nelly coming to the Rio Rancho Event Center in June. We were very excited to be there in a VIP status, obviously. And uh, you know what we should do? Because we had to make up our opening day baseball bash for barbecuing the boys in the backyard. We need to, we need to do like a a baseball-centric day in the Nelly that same week so we can keep that momentum of batters up. Okay. Just just a little bit. Just a little bit of ah-to-ah. Not a lot. Oh, very smart. Uh, yeah. Ah. Uh, the other day I'm talking Not too lady. much ah-to-ah. I'm talking to my lady the other day, boys, and I'm, and I'm like, hey, you know, we're going to this Nelly thing or whatever. Like, like you got any friends? First of all, I asked her if she had friends. Very offensive. I should not have done that. Yeah. But then – she was like, yeah, I have this one, and, and she's like, but I don't know. Well, she, she's Hispanic. Would she want to go to Nelly? And I'm like, I'm like, andale, andale, mama, ei. Like, that's <laughs> what, how, how no. Like, that's an obvious yes situation. She might want to go to Akinelli. It's What is that? Oh, we have to talk about that one off air. Akinelli. Yeah, we got to talk about that one off air. Yep. From how a many... friend of the show, mother in real life. I think it was Nancy Pelosi who gave it to him. They tested positive on the same day. <laughs> oh, okay. And let me tell you, I ain't mad at that. She's a big chance. Robert, you know. Yep. The more wrinkly the raisin, the sweeter <laughs> the fruit. Am I right? <laughs> what? I'm mad. I'm mad he wanted me to co-sign that. <laughs> 
Who do the Lakers trade Westbrook from from the Raptors? So they're going to get the Raptors head coach, and then you're going to send Westbrook to Toronto, and you should you should end up with like half their roster, right? You know who we who they should get if they're going to get anybody, they should get Siakam. Oh yeah, Pascal for sure. Yes, but you could get Scotty Barnes. Like you could every I mean, they're, they're, they're going to I anyone but Van Van Vliet is that what his name Van Vliet Yeah, Fred won't go, but yeah, that, he won't uh, go. That, that Anuabi, uh OG, uh, the OG cat, everybody just calls him OG. Yeah, uh, Siakam and Scotty Barnes all could legitimately go for Russell Westbrook and follow your boy Nurse to L.A. Here, I got an idea for a four-way trade. Ooh, very sexy. So mm. you get trade Russell Westbrook to this team. You trade Kevin Durant to this team. Trade James Harden to this team. Okay. And they need a fourth piece. Maybe uh, Serge Ibaka. Maybe trade them all to Oklahoma City. See how they do on the same team. Okay. Does that sound like a good plan? <laughs> Sounds like a good team on paper. What happened? Nobody wants to play in Oklahoma. No one wants to live in Oklahoma City. Very true. Hey, we recently learned from the isotopes, planes don't even fly there. They had to take a bus. Oh, it's true. That's horrible. And NBA think of an play. original city name. Come on. Oh, yeah. No, I, I 100% agree. Kansas City is the stupid name for a team or for a city. That's a and, and I know city. this because I'm a guy who was born and raised in Texas City. Give the town an original name. Yeah, that's the worst. Texas City. Then you have to say Texas twice. No, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> the play-in start tomorrow in the NBA, boys. You got the lineups in front of you? I got it for you. So it's the Hit Nets me. at the Cavs. It's the Timberwolves at the Clippers. It's the Hawks at the Hornets. And it's the Pelicans at the Spurs, okay? Where do you want to go first? I only see one good matchup there. Well, the tomorrow games are just the, the first two. So the Nets oh, okay. and the Cavaliers – and the Timberwolves and the Clippers are tomorrow, so let's make sure we hit them. So, the Nets, to me, is the game. I think the Nets are going to win easily. Yep, I agree. The Nets roster is so much stronger than what they went through this season. Like, the only reason they're positioned that low is the Kyrie garbage and the New York garbage. And now that they're all playing together and they might have a Ben Simmons there, the Nets are going to be dangerous. I think the Nets can beat anybody in the East that isn't the Bucks. So watch out for the Nets. I'm with you on that, Van. I'd say they're going to they're already playing on all cylinders. Kyrie's been killing it especially lately, so I don't even think this will be a game. Currently sitting in an 8-point favorite are the Nets. I I think ooh, eight and a half. it just went up literally from Caesars as I refreshed it. From from our show just now, <laughs> yeah, from yeah from the hype. So it's hard to argue with 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 Vegas. I mean, except for whenever they picked the Lakers and went fifty five and a half at the beginning of the year. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm in on the Nets. I think the Nets are the better squad. They got more talent. The only thing that's going to stop the Nets is if they have to go to Toronto. Yep. And that's not because Toronto's better. It's just because their players physically cannot go to the city of Toronto. Right. And that's and not changing know. anytime soon. 
I can't see how the bracket's laid out right now. I could pull it up in a second, but if they have to go to Toronto, they're in trouble. If they play anywhere else, the Nets are going to dominate whoever they play until the Eastern Conference Finals. So they would they would get Toronto in the if they win it'd be second round, second round, third yep. round, third round. Oh, it'd be the semis, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah it'd be the semis. Yep. So. I mean, it, it, that would be the one that stops you. You know, that would be the, oh, you didn't get there because your guys weren't in a position where they could. You know, and I know there's some other players in the league that haven't been quite as, you know, polarizing as Kyrie Irving, and I think you're going to run into the same thing, and it's definitely going to help Toronto on their journey. I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah, maybe you got Ben Simmons for games in Toronto, and you got Kyrie for games in Brooklyn. Ben Simmons is pulling his junk again. Ben Simmons is saying he thinks he's in for the first round. Yep. We'll All see. of a sudden. He a joke. Toronto is like really low stress, low pressure. Have some french fries and gravy. People tell you how nice you are. That's a perfect environment for Ben Simmons to play basketball. So hopefully they do draw Toronto and Ben gets to go there and play. Just give him massages, like not even a professional, just like Canadians on the street. <laughs> he did, to me, it's just so insanely vexing because this Nets roster already just head case after head case after head case, and then to bring in Bill Sim- or Ben Simmons and to say, "Hey, this guy's going to help." It's like you can't even really identify, like, the pulse of your team. Like, you, this is not what you need to bring in for success. That tells me Harden was horrible then. For them to take on Ben Simmons and say, hey, let's take this guy and get rid of Harden, that, that lets me know more of how bad Harden was. Well, from what I understand, Harden was pissed off at Kevin Durant because he never leaned on Kyrie to be part of the team because we all know how soft Kevin Durant is, so why not be mad at him? They're doing the – officially Ben Simmons has started his ramp up and should be ready to go on Sunday. Boom, there it is. Man, he's going to be garbage. There's just no way – and it's not – it's kind of like no matter where he returns (laughs) – he feels like he's in the spotlight because he's not a guy who just struggles in front of like the fan base that's telling him he sucks. He's the guy who, for some reason, immediately after the game goes and turns his smartphone on and is going to look at people saying he sucks. Yeah. Like his, yep. his mind ain't right. And like, like I don't believe his mind ain't right in the way he claims his mind ain't right in another way. I just don't even see how he fits with this team. How do you take the ball out of Kyrie's hand? Well, like Van said, they won't even play together. Sure. Oh, you have them coming off the bench with a whole different squad. Yeah, absolutely. When Kyrie has the ball, Ben runs a second team. And when you play in Toronto, Ben runs a first team. There we go. It's hard to argue with that. That's true. Because then you do have enough ball to go around. And in theory, you can do something that's like – like mentally comfortable and safe. Now, where it will get weird is if they do make any progress in the playoffs, and then Ben Simmons is like, hey, I'm ready to go at home, coach. 
you know, or, or not home, or, hey, I'm ready to go, you know, whenever Kyrie can't go. And he's like, well, we already we have Kyrie. Yeah. Like, you're, like, again, you're not the best player on the team forever. No matter where you go to play, mm-hmm. you will never be that. And I don't think that's a dude that likes to hear that sentence. I mean, it's a pretty good offensive game plan. I mean, it's a good problem to have. Kyrie drives to the basket, takes two defenders with him, kicks out to Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons drives to the basket, takes two more defenders with him. And then Kevin Durant is hitting these mid-range, wide-open jumpers all day because there's no defenders left because they all followed these two athletes to the basket. I was going to say, Ben Simmons is not shooting ever. Yeah. (laughs) He's not shooting ever. No. Take it to the hole, pass it out. That's it. You guys see the you see the little ankle thing for Luca? He's That's in the a boot, shame, isn't it? He in the boot. Oh, come on, Luca! It ain't the time of year where you can do that, though. Come on, Luca! You can't. Yeah, they, no. Because that first series versus Utah, you know what that is? That's that you go home. Is what that is? Yeah, they're Utah, going. They're one and done. Yeah. Utah ain't no joke either. No nope. ball. Oh heck, no, they ain't. Utah, nope. Utah is Utah's got a chance to come out of the West. Like whoa, 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 gonna, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, you don't feel that way? No, no. Well, who do you got? I think the West is Phoenix all the way. Even though I don't like to say it, I don't see anybody beating them. A healthy Warriors team can compete against Phoenix, but I think Phoenix is definitely the class of the West and the NBA. You got to watch right. out for the Jazz because all you can do there is play basketball. You can't you can't dance. You can't drink caffeine. Like go to Temple and play basketball. That's all they do there. I'll be the first guy to say that I'm I'm like sipping the Kool-Aid that is uh John Morant. Like I think Morant to me is going to be the next face like like when LeBron is gone and when Steph Curry is gone and Kyle Durant is gone, I th- Kyle, or you know what I mean? Um Kevin. Kevin. You're then it's a it's Morant's league. That's how I feel, and I feel that even though they're sitting number two in the West because Phoenix is at number one, that it maybe not this year, but the next year and definitely the one to follow, it is all Memphis or wherever Morant decides he's he wants to play. And well, is the front office in Memphis are they willing to spend money? Is the question because they can just ride out those ticket sales, show, sold out show after sold out show watching Jaw play, but can he bring in free agents to put around him to really compete? Because he's, he's one of the best players in the NBA, and he's probably single-handedly the most fun to watch. Yeah. But are they, can they build a team around him? Let's go into depth on that whenever we get back, though, because I, I like that conversation a lot because at it, like face value you say, eh, but it might be a little deeper than that, and I think I can give it to you. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. D, Sports Animal. I'm a big grunge rock guy. You don't say. Yeah, I was listening I to Nirvana yesterday. Did you watch old Batman? stuff. Incesticide. Oh. The old one. What was their first one? Bleach? Uh, it was Incesticide was before Bleach. They're like, their first oh. studio album was Bleach. There you go. Voila. Looking at this Memphis roster, you got Ja. I guess you have Stephen Adams, but who else do you have? Nobody. You got Ja. 
But what else do you have? But we can't say that. Because yeah, the record that that team's put up without John Moran in the lineup is crazy. They're 20 and 4. Brooks and Bain and Jackson and Melton. Not so much Melton. Brooks and Bain and Jackson all go when Morant's out. They all go hard. Mm-hmm. When he's in, it's a different game. I give the edge to superfan Justin Timberlake. Yeah. They play always. they play really hard when he's in the stands. Wait a minute. That, I gotta go I don't I, I I have to disagree with you, Fred. I'm ready. So I'm looking here. The Grizzlies are thirty five and twenty one when John Morant is in the lineup. They're twenty and four without him. Welcome Not to, to take Lakers. anything away from him, but right. Come on now, that's a good team. It's not a bad team. And it's a bunch of guys you've never heard of. Like, outside of, like, Zaire Williams, who have you really heard of on the squad? Right. They got a lot of depth, a lot of young guys. So you got the point guard in Morant. You probably got the shooting guard in Bain. You probably got the small forward slash power forward in Brooks and Jackson Jr., so you need that thing that every team needs, and that's a big man up front. So how, who's the guy you entice? Who's, whose career arc sends them to Memphis? Is it, is it your boy down in New Orleans that can't seem to get healthy or get on the floor? Is, like, who's that guy that would be like, okay, instead of just being 30 games over, Memphis is 35 games over and they're going to win a championship? Hmm. Well, it's not Steven Adams? <laughs> I mean, professional rebounder and july in caveman monthly catalog might be some truth to that i don't know enough yeah. to know zion <laughs> williamson caveman if if the destination doesn't say nyc he's not going you're not right because he don't love the game enough no he doesn't love but, the game enough in new orleans new or new orleans and memphis are kind of the same city yeah you're right the thing about – so if I had to pick, I'd put Memphis above New Orleans, but that's just because I was raised in the Midwest and spent more time in Memphis. But, like, like Beale Street's what it is and Mud Island and all that tourist stuff or whatever. But, I mean, you don't have to live in the hood part of Memphis. You can live in Cooper Young. Like, you can live in the part of Memphis where you don't feel like you're in Memphis. And a lot of these NBA guys, at least in my opinion, boys, they're always trying to, like, do that thing after their career. And Memphis is the spot if you want to get into the world of, like, music or right. producing or if you want to get into, like, soul food or barbecue or if you want to get into, like, kind of culturally those things that really draw former NBA players. Like, Memphis could be a hub for that. Like, it's hard for, it's hard for me to be like Memphis is not a draw because I think Memphis is a draw. Question, Me- fellas. Memphis, Memphis and Nashville are wildly yeah. underrated American cities. I got a and question. If you can keep Jaw there, you can add some pieces around Jaw. It might get some more attention how amazing it actually is. You guys have Jaw Moran as the best under 25-year-old NBA star? Like you said, like you said Fred, you you automatically have him as the number 1 guy after LeBron, Steph, that you know, that old guard leaves. You have him as the number 1 guy. I got him as the number 2, and the guy I have number 1 is Jason Tatum. Hmm. So Jason well, Tatum was – Because he's from – you guys are both fools 
I, I know he's been playing at a high level for a long time. Luca is only twenty three. I don't take neither. I don't take neither one of those guys. I take Trey Young. He's the only one that took his team to the to the finals of his conference by himself. I take Trey Young. Yeah, Trey, Trey Luke, Young can play, but who was traded for Luca? Luca, Luca is the problem with him is what what he's has now the robo boot like he's always hurt for something when they really need him it's all them technical those hard technical fouls and there's the a thing, cat in my front yard and my dog's going crazy if you can hear young, that that on is radio. as far as his game goes is trey young to me plays a lot like jimmy butler really trey young can play really well up until the point where he gets to players who are better than him and that's what happens to jimmy butler mm-hmm. like jim no one works harder than jimmy butler no one, like, tries harder than Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler just don't physically have it the way game-wise. Like, I'm not saying athleticism. I'm saying, like, game-wise. And that, to me, is Trey Young. Trey Young is like, yeah, no problem. I'll lead the league in assist. But what good does that do when it comes time to score that bucket? And, and that, to me, is why Trey Young is never really ever going to ascend to that next one. I think you're wrong on that one. Trey Young has ice in his veins. Yeah. He looks for the big shot. He can do it all. I think with I think, with, I think you're a little off on your Trey Young analysis there. I think with him, if maturity comes, all of it it will fall into place for him. He doesn't have it right now, but I think him having that that deep playoff run goes a long way. I want to see Luca. That's who I want to see in a deep playoff run. What he does, because we know he has it in him, but we just haven't seen it. A healthy Luca and a healthy Porzingis. Late in the playoffs, like that's a good combo for playoff basketball. I think it's tough in the NBA though, because I don't know. Like, and Luca can play, Luca can go, but similarly to the way that, uh, oh, who was the cat in Dallas for so long? Uh, Forty-one, Nowitzki. Dirk. Yeah. Yeah, you won't you won't put that player as the face of the league. Like that player, he's not identifiable enough to the fan base in the NBA. And like, no offense, to, and I know Luca's from Slovenia. But Slovenia is Russia to a lot of people. Like, they don't have a clue. They don't know the difference. No, they don't know the difference. And the NBA is not going to heavily position a guy to get ahead, um, period. Like, that that doesn't look and have the culture of the fan base. And that, to me, is why the guys that are currently successful at it um, are the guys that they are. And it's the same thing with Jokic, too. Yeah. He's about to win another MVP this year, and most casual basketball fans barely know who he is. Like, who is who is Nikola Jokic? He won an MVP last year. He's going to win another one this year. Should. He's, like, r- making this slightly above-average Denver team competitive and, like, a real force in the West. But who is he? What does he do? I don't know what he looks like. I can't pick him out of a lineup. Giannis is too old. For your question, yeah, because what is he twenty seven? Yeah, uh, Joel is too old because what is he twenty eight? So, so yeah, I don't know. I think it's Tatum number one, and then I think it's Morant number two, and they're very close. I think we're leaving out the only other player I think we're leaving out who is in that age range and has proved me wrong because I didn't think he was going to be a great player at all or do anything. Lamelo Ball. He could do it all. Yeah. Yeah, he could do it all. He shut me up. I was not a fan. I saw him play in high school, and I was like, this kid's not going to be anything. Yeah, he's – I mean, 
the problem is the the team he's on. Yeah. Like he's like, yeah, I feel you. Like I get it, but n- just no. Like if you put him in Chicago, like it's a different energy. Yes, and I think he's not going to end his career there. He's not gonna I would agree with you. Yeah, he, he's going to the big, big city, big lights. And if Ja doesn't get any help next year, the year after, he's gone too. He can, though. That's the thing, because the yeah. way the money looks in Memphis, they mm-hmm. can absolutely do it. Yep. Because there's just no money around him. And if you, like, if you max him out like you have to, because you just kind of have to do that, you know, then whoever you bring in aside from him can make a fair amount of money, because right now they only got – Steven Adams is the only guy over $10 million on that roster. Oh, wow. See, they're sitting pretty. They're sitting super pretty. Yes. And although I don't have the length of all these deals here. Uh, okay, so Dylan Brooks, the kid from Oregon, is at 12. So he's at 12, but Steven Adams is at 17, and I think he's about to come off. But I might be wrong on that. But, I mean, there's just a ton of space to play with on this squad. Yeah. You know how many crudely chisen wheels that you can buy with that kind of money for Steven <laughs> Adams? He's just so happy. You know how many fires you could build with that? That's a weird dude. Yes. <laughs> you don't say. Yes. He's super weird. And, like, ESPN is like, hey, play like playoffs, let's make sure we put a camera on this weird dude. And, like, like Van will love it. Van will be like, give me my Steven Adams highlights. You got me, yeah. NBA. <laughs> give me all the Cro-Magnon forehead you got, son. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you mean this dude breaks brushes in his hair? This dude is bad. <laughs> He's the standard for 23andMe Neanderthal percentages. <laughs> 30 minutes left whenever we get back. It's two minutes on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. D, sports animal. Well, Vital, this song sucks. What is this? It's off that new Nelly. Because <laughs> you don't like it, I'm not going to tell you. Tomorrow morning, boys, I'll be on KOB doing the morning show. We're doing a little preview of the Locker 505 event uh, at New Mexico Highlands University on Wednesday as Locker 505 is traveling with us to beautiful and historic Las Vegas, New Mexico to uh, to help dress the kids as they got the big sports gala coming up on May 2nd that the three of us are hosting, emceeing, and being a part of. And pretty excited to, uh, I don't know, kind of help that community and help those young adults get into the professional world and, and send them off with the party they deserve. And here's the fun part, boys. It's the inaugural this is the first sports banquet that New Mexico Highlands has ever done, and we're going to host it. It's easily going to be the best one. <laughs> you know what? I love that. I love the energy because he's, he's telling the truth. He's not lying. Yeah. I just I just, I hate You know how I love a low bar. This is no bar. We're going to kill it's, it. No, I mean <laughs> – there's like the personal one we set up for ourselves and just kind of everything that that is the thing about that. You know, it's you know, there's a real high standard, right, boys? Right? Sure, super yeah. high. Catch me tomorrow morning with Tessa Mentis as 
we sit down to talk about the program, and uh, I don't know. It should be a lot of fun. It'll be – I don't know. I think we're going to do, like, a little 10-minute thing or something. So, it'll be good. I don't know. We'll laugh a lot, talk about Highlands, talk about Locker 505. Obviously, the program will come up. So, if you are a fan of Channel 4 in the morning, uh, I will be there for you in my purple and white, I am certain. So, that will be a fun start to your Tuesday. Another event that my COVID tried to ruin, and boy, am I thankful to you, Fred, that you're able to move your schedule around. I tell you what, the things I do for this profession. <laughs> the, uh, for the week for the friends of the show. So tomorrow we are live from Isotopes Park where we have many baseball and baseball-adjacent guests joining us on the program, including our new friend Paul, who is the pilot of the drone in the Isotopes drone video that took the Internet by surge. So we're going to do that. Uh, Tim Keller will join us, the mayor of Albuquerque, New Mexico. That'll be good. We'll sit down and talk uh, sports and, and commerce and kind of everything that surrounds the game. Wednesday, Van and I, I will be live from Las Vegas as part of the Locker 505 clothing drive for New Mexico Highlands University. And Van, you will be still locked in your home. That is correct. I will be yes. right here where I am right now with these two adorable dogs and my COVID cocktail. Thursday, I am off the program. We will have a, uh, I don't know, a litany of guests, I assume, and Van will handle that. And then Friday, Van has been cleared to return to action, and he will join Robert because we will be every Friday night live from Isotopes Park where the Isotopes are home, so not every Friday night, but every homestand. So there you go. If you want to see your boys, connect with us at the isotopes on tuesday or friday this week we'll be in the concourse up until 15 minutes before the first pitch i think that's right and then yep. you know us we'll we'll have some giveaways we'll have some stuff it'll be a lot of fun so we are excited for it also want to say friday is jackie robinson day that's gonna be a good one yes you got 42 gear don't you yes sir and i sure will be in it that's what's up that's the way it should be we previewed the first of the play-in games. The other play-in game is the Lakers and the Timberwolves, and I need – or the Lakers, excuse me, the Clippers. And I need the Clippers to win because I accidentally just said Lakers, and I don't need to insult them more. So the Clippers, who, by the way, their home court is the Crypto.com Arena, which is – I guess they're the only professional team that plays there. So it is a, it is a very cool opportunity for the Clippers to, to move into an elimination. I have them winning that. Uh, they have – Paul George has been playing out of his mind since he came back, so I don't see why they can't take care of business against Minnesota. I actually got Minnesota. Oh, really? Yes, I do. I think if Minnesota hits their threes, doesn't cause a lot – doesn't give up a lot of turnovers, they're the better playoff basketball team. You know, Kawhi plays, it's a different story, but I got the T-Wolves over the Clips. That would be a major upset. Playing at home, favored by three, Minnesota is that team, I guess. I just I don't feel that way. I think the Clippers are a better squad. I think the Clippers came to life late in the year. But, I mean, if you lose this one, you still get to play the winner of the next one, you know, whatever. It's kind of that thing. So, do you guys understand kind of how that works? So, whoever wins from this 7-8, they mm -hmm. go on to play and lose to Memphis. Cool. Yep. And then whoever loses has to play the winner of the, the other playing game. Is that, yeah. is that correct or yeah. did I have that wrong? No, that's right. Okay. So, the other one would be New Orleans and the San Antonio Spurs, but we won't know that till Wednesday. 
So, yeah, so I don't know. That's kind of laid out for you in a way. And then it's the exact same thing in the other division. So the winner of Cleveland and Brooklyn will go on to face Boston and lose to Jason Tatum. And then the loser will play the winner of the Atlanta-Charlotte matchup, which is also on Wednesday. I think that's the matchup right there. The Atlanta-Charlotte one? Oh, yeah, that's going to be a good one. Well, because it's those two boys we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, I, so got the, I got the Hawks. I got the Hawks in that one. They're battle-tested. They got the same crew as last year. Trey Young don't scare. I mean, I think they're just going to take care of business. I agree. I, it's just going to be – I think it's going to be high-scoring, entertaining, a good way to kick off the playoffs. Is this the ascension arc, though, for both of those athletes you just talked about? Because, I mean, 9-10 seed really ain't nothing. And if you're telling me this is going to be a six or seven seed improvement by year two or year three of this arc, I might be a little hesitant to buy into that one. Well, I, I look at it – Atlanta had a down year because, what was that, two seasons ago? They were in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. Um, now, as far as – the Hornets, yeah, they're going to take a little bit. But I can see them pulling a, a Memphis Grizzlies and just coming out of nowhere next year because they have LaMelo Ball and then they have other pieces. My hesitation on subscribing to either the Hawks, although, like you did point out, have, have recently shown some success, or Charlotte is I just don't feel like I see the roster of players that I'm like, oh, okay. Like, it's, it's okay that they're here because they feel like they deserve to be here. Like, mm-hmm. I don't see that guy. Like, like, Gordon Hayward, obviously. Gordon Hayward kind of – but Terry Rozier? You're going to tell me you're going to put it on the back of Terry Rozier? Like, that to me doesn't scream like a ton of success. Like, the, like I think one of the Plumley kids is on that team, and those guys never do anything as professionals. So I don't, I don't know if I subscribe to Charlotte everything around ball. I think both of those teams are just happy to move on. You get a couple extra playoff games at home. You're most likely going to lose to the next matchup, and it's just a little icing on the cake of a decent season for your team. Keep the fan base energized, a couple home playoff games. If you, don't, if you don't win the series, that's fine because you're playing on house money. They – but if these two guys plan on staying in the East and kind of going at each other for a lot of years to come, like this is that first jab. Yeah, like it if, is. If this is two boxers lining each other up, that I think that's why this one is like of a crucial level. Yep. And I think yeah, the we media were just talking up like the best players under twenty five, and like you said earlier, like there's two of them right here in this matchup. I think the media play on that too. They'll they'll for sure trump this up and say hey these are the young guys you're gonna see this from years to come blah 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 um i'm looking here i'm looking at (laughs) this hornets roster you're right oh man there's just not a lot on it like there's there's not a lot for a little mellow ball to look around and say like oh yeah this guy's got me even though they have three players that average 20 points a game but these other two that do i don't think they average 20 without Lamelo ball with the way the league scores now, though, like, 20 ain't what 20 used to be. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yep. 20 is 28. 20 is 26. 26 is the new 20. 
right? Yeah. Like, because even like it's the twenty-five club. Like, and if you're if you're a twenty-five guy, then and by the way, you have to be a twenty-five guy who puts crooked numbers in other columns too. Yeah. Like you can't just be a like a point scorer. You got to be a guy who we were talking about the other day with Embiid. Like Embiid got five hundred assists on the season. Are you kidding me? Like. He got a thousand. He got a thousand rebounds. Like this cat's crazy, mm-hmm. and it's you got to have. Which sounds weird because you know me, boys. Like the way I'm into sports, like I don't care about defense. I don't care about things that don't score points. But in the NBA, to be like one of those dudes, you kind of have to have like the quote unquote five tools as they transition to basketball. I mean, how how differently are we talking about this New Orleans team if they have a healthy, competitive, passionate Zion Williamson? If he dedicated his life yeah. to basketball instead of trying to win the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, <laughs> who knows where New Orleans would be right now? I think, you know what, man? I, I look at him as a Ben Simmons Jr. right now, to be honest. I don't think it's, it has well, anything. He's like three to, Ben Simmons. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it has anything to do with just him not wanting to play. That's just what it is. And a couple of those guys, like that, I think CJ McCollum is like older than we think. Yeah, he is. Like the that squad, Brandon Ingram. I think we didn't talk about him in that top under twenty five, but I think Brandon Ingram is in a conversation as well. But there's there's just not enough guys to keep waiting for Williamson to get better. Like, and I don't mean like better at the game. I mean like physically and mentally and emotionally. Like, you're going to end up having to ship him, and I don't know what kind of value you, you would get back for him. And as I'm saying that, keep in mind, boys, he's 21. Sure. That is a baby. Yep. Sure. Today's I-9 varsity is the varsity of guys who didn't live up to the hype. And we'll do that whenever we get back. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Final segment of the program. Good program today. Thank you to friend of the show, Chad. Thank you to friend of the show, Marty. Joe DeLeon joined us. We had a pretty good little talk about the draft, actually. It was a little long. I mean, boys, you know, I don't love the draft, and Joe had me in it, so I'm pretty happy about that. Today's I-9 Varsity. And contact I-9 Sports at League Office 280 and I-9sports.com. 505-312-4999. Get your kids involved in some youth athletics. Okay, boys. Today's I-9 varsity is the varsity of not living up to the hype, okay? Mm-hmm. Who wants to lead? Go ahead. All right. I'm going to go with the Friends reunion. So there was a lot of hype for the Friends reunion, and I turned it on for about 10 seconds Realized I never watched the show originally, and that one missed me. I could have told you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe just all of Friends. Yeah, there we go. I'm going to be real real transparent here, boys. I've never seen an episode of Friends. That makes two uh, of One of the lucky ones. Yeah, just haven't been that guy. Uh, if you want to be creeped out, it's like on the same level as a horror movie. Watch Friends without the laugh track. It is absolutely haunting. I didn't even know it had a laugh track. (laughs) People wouldn't laugh otherwise. Okay, I got one. All right. What did not uh, live up to the hype? 
The Fire Festival. Oh, yeah. Fighter Fest sucked. That's a good one. Anytime you have Ja Rule as an investor of anything, it's not going to live up to the hype. Well, we need Ja Rule's opinion on this matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay in the world of sports on mine, other like, okay. otherwise like you guys. Heisman finalist derailed by a bad injury. Ohio State quarterback Johnny Utah. Ah, yeah. Ah, Who knows what would have happened to Johnny Utah if it wasn't for that injury. Had to go into public service, cracked a lot of cases. He did great. But on the gridiron, Johnny Utah was going to be one of the greats, and we'll just never know. You know, similar to Johnny Utah's career-ending injury at Ohio State, I want to go with the Matrix Resurrection. Oh. The Matrix Resurrection is hot garbage. Arguably the worst sequel in the history of sequels, and I've seen Jurassic Park 2. Okay. I I, got to concur with you. I'm going to take this one back to my childhood. Mm -hmm. Sports related. Any Mike Tyson fight (laughs) never lived up to the hype. Why did they even hype these boxing matches? I still don't know. Never lived up to the hype. No. It was fun to gather and have those parties, though. Like That was it. Kit. Yeah. Everyone would, like, open a bag of chips, and they'd be like, all right, it's over. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> Missed out on that one. Next on my list, I'm going to stay with another quarterback. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say he didn't get his chance because he was too fast. He was too athletic. But what he'll tell you, is those coaches are just flat-out racist. And they didn't want to see a person of color excel at the quarterback position. Who am I talking about? None other than Willie Beeman. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and if he would have really got a chance to shine, there would be no doubt in my mind that he could have been one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of football. You know, he was steaming. He was steaming. Do you... You know what he did with the ladies? It rhymes. <laughs> yep. Uh, I got one in the world of van, which I think is pretty obvious, and that's asparagus water. I know asparagus water what? came in like fire, and Whole Foods told you it was the next hotness before everyone realized that coconut water is kind of the most they can handle as far as weird. So I'm going to tell you that asparagus water, similar to – Pepsi Clear did not live up to the hype. Oh, man. Um, anybody who drinks asparagus water, especially pays for asparagus water, needs to be on some kind of list where we can track the rest of their behavior and make sure that they're not a danger to society. So I they're think the- asparagus water is just used by the CIA and NSA for profiling purposes, I'm assuming. People who drink asparagus water also pop radishes individually, like without cooking them. And they're like, yeah, no, this it's really good for you. You're like, no one's no. arguing that, but Mm-mm. cool. I got a movie I was very, very disappointed in. Superman versus Batman. Biggest letdown of my life so far. And I haven't seen the last Batman. 
Arguably the best Batman there is is Superman versus Batman. No. Negative. That was horrible. Martha. <laughs> it's very good. It's Do you bleed? Film. Come on, man. That's cold, corny. It was bad. It was horrible. <laughs> every every DC movie that's not the Dark Knight trilogy or Suicide Squad is pretty garbage. I'm going to stay with quarterbacks for my I-9 varsity of disappointments. Mm -hmm. And we're going from the fictional realm back into the real world. As I am going to choose number one draft pick of the Seattle Seahawks, younger brother of home run champ Mark McGuire, his little brother Dan McGuire. And this was a huge disappointment for me because I traded a lot of baseball and football cards when I was a young, impressionable man for a bunch of Dan McGuire rookie cards, and none of it panned out. And so I still got beef with Dan McGuire. I'm going – that's a very good one. I'm going to steal one from Robert's playbook because I thought he was going to go with it. But I know in 2011 the amount of disappointment he had when the Black Eyed Peas really just kind of crapped the bed for the Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> I know that that hurt you, Robert. I know you were a big Black Eyed Peas mark. And that was tough for you. You would really hype that one up. Uh, I got one that's fairly recent that was super hyped. And I don't see what the hype is about. The metaverse. Yeah, yeah it's just the Sims. Out. You get to play the Sims. That's it. Yeah, that is you get to play the Sims is. in real life. And, and there's only like five people in the world that are in it. <laughs> like, what's the hype about? And Zuckerberg's three of them. Exactly. <laughs> Sony just invested a billion dollars in it. What is oh, Epic? Is, is Epic a video game company? They just invested two million, two billion dollars in it. They're just giving it away. What are they? What are they waiting on? Like, what? it should. If you're investing that much in it, we should see something. I don't get it. Lego just invested two billion dollars in it. I'm not trying to be that guy right now, but where does that money go? Like, what does in it mean? <laughs> Uh, I, they're building the metaverse. It's not an actual thing, though, right? It's like NFTs and stuff? I have no clue. Van, you know about Bitcoin. Is it like Bitcoin? Is the metaverse Bitcoin? <laughs> I bet I bet that's a Google search if you look up <laughs> Look, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> the first question is, is metaverse Bitcoin? You know that old uh, like morning show clip of Katie Kirk where they're like, the internet? What is the internet? Like, that's this moment for re me right now, because I have no idea what the... Vitaly, you ever heard of the metaverse? There you go. <laughs> that's like when they ask DMX if he's been on Google. <laughs> what? Boys. By the way, the Black Eyed Peas before Fergie was a pretty good hip-hop group. I was going to say that, Van, but I knew we didn't have enough time to explain that. We don't got to go into it. Trust me. Apparently there's a Metaverse-flavored Coca-Cola. I didn't know that. What? Any final words, boys? Too much for the time allotted, my friend, but yes. whatever we didn't cover, make sure you check out on the opening drive tomorrow with Jeff, JJ, and Amarie. Robert? Van, do not overdose on your COVID cocktail. I already made another one. <laughs> Good job, everyone. GG. See you tomorrow, Burke.